Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Hey listeners, Elliot J. O'Neill here. Just before we get into the podcast today, I thought I'd just properly explain what the concept of this episode is. This podcast you're listening to is part one of a two-part special that looks at two-part episodes of The Simpsons. You might remember we did this once before in episode 69 and 70 when we reviewed Who Shot Mr. Burns part one and two. Well, The Simpsons have a handful of episodes which could loosely be considered two-part episodes. So this week, we will be reviewing the part ones of three different stories, and next week we will be reviewing all the part twos and just because things weren't already potentially confusing enough we are changing the panel lineup in each segment baby beard media will be reviewing the hd era episodes we got the classic simpsons index crew on the teens era episodes and pods in the key of springfield will be joining us for the classic era episodes all right i hope you are all caught up to speed if not rewind the pod and listen to this again at half speed it's actually something you should do anyway half speed settings like make any podcaster sound drunk it's really funny seriously check it out all right let's get into the first review and welcome to the hd era section of our two-part special podcast i'm joined here here as always except when he's not bt calloway oh hi hi and all the way from the beautiful adelaide in south australia the crew from baby beard media ellen what is up and Sean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that age-old uh, Sean quote saying. Yo, everyone's saying it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they're not. And then they're saying no. <laughs> Always saying it, except when they're not. Yes. <laughs> It'll be on your tombstone. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> Eli yeah. Sean. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. He is there. <laughs> so, yes, in this two-part special, yes. you guys from Baby Beard Media also have a podcast, Shut Up and Take My Podcast, which oh. is a Futurama podcast where you uh, pit episode against episode in like some sort of bloody glorious gauntlet battle for my entertainment. Exactly. Yours m- and the others who come after you. And we also say <laughs> that it's the yes. Australian Futurama podcast to make oh. it a very clear that we are an Australian Futurama podcast. Yeah, we're not that German one. No. Well, there. Yeah. By the way, by the way, please check it out. There is a German Futurama <laughs> podcast. I understand about every thirteenth word because it's Dusansiba <laughs> Fry. Ah, <laughs> yavon, yavon. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were trying to scout the other Futurama a- podcasts, and obviously, we have no indication of whether that's good or bad because we don't fucking speak German. But, but we are the best. <laughs> so watch us. <laughs> we are the Uber podcast. <laughs> And you guys have been on the Index before, uh, when I was in Adelaide, I had you on for an episode of the Index where we covered Lisa's wedding. Um, yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> there oh. were so many of us in the room. Oh, fuck, there was too, it yeah. It was hot, it was sweat. I had to, like, crawl through under the table to get to my seat. <laughs> there was That's a right. lot of drinking too, wasn't there? And then there? I spilt your gin. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I have. Forget that. <laughs> I haven't actually like forgiven you for that, but Fuck. that's we move on. That's showbiz, baby. <laughs> well, don't worry. There's no chance I can spill your gin today. I, I mean, but I can. Oh, it'd be really, really interesting if you can. It would be like some fucking what's the film scanners? <laughs> if you could like telepathically do it. Ooh, that is I a, make, that I is make a... your gin explode. <laughs> <laughs> I also gonna hire a dude, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like an opposite of an Uber Eats. 
<laughs> Uber spoils. They walk on wreck shit. <laughs> Uber spoils. <laughs> I-, I think you've got an app there, man. <laughs> Hit me up, internet. <laughs> but, you know, an app as sinister as that, they'll have to do that tattoo like in that Rick and Morty episode that aired the other day. But anyway, um, we're not right. doing that. Because, yeah, Simpsons have had a bunch of future jump episodes, so mm. I thought it would be appropriate for you guys to join us for this one, which is Season 23, Episode 9, Holidays of Future Past. First released in December of 2011, it was directed by Rob Oliver, written by J. Stuart Burns, in this episode. Yeah, this is like a Future Jump episode where at the time where we see that Lisa has a kid, Zia, but has two boys. I didn't catch their names, actually. Irrelevant. Yeah. (laughs) And the episode explores their sort of fractured relationship with their kids. And also Maggie is being a Mary-esque character that's uh, about to give birth to her own baby. Uh, Hey, everybody. What do y'all think? Oh, you know what? I really am not going to listen to any negative thing you have to say about this episode. Because God damn, did I fucking enjoy this episode. I had a good time. I had a good time. There were certain elements that I was like, I don't think there was anything that really twigged in in my brain that was like, oh, that was shit. Like there were a few like, you know, fallen jokes and whatever. But like the only thing I could really say, I enjoyed it, but there were like a few sentimental moments that just didn't feel earned for me. But apart from that, I had a fun time. It's kind of interesting. There's um, New York Magazine, uh, Matt Zola Seltz, I'm being Paul mm. Salt here at this point. Uh, <laughs> quote, this episode is one of the nine Latter-day Simpsons episodes that match up to the early classics. Ooh, um, big words. bit of a call. That's bold. Big I'll fucking words. And this was uh, nominated for the Emmy Award for that year as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very well-regarded episode as well. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, you guys said you enjoyed it. You know, this is actually from the same season as the other HD era episode I made you watch, Replaceable You. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, wait. I know. Like, I was really worried coming into this episode because you've hardwired me to hate the <laughs> HD era. And I was actually, you know what? I was thinking, wow, we are going to have a bad night because both of these are two seasons apart in the same era that I hate. And I I really was worried that I was going to come in and just hate it because I meant to hate it. But Mm -hmm. no. Even with the title, I was like, oh, like (laughs) it's too on the note. Like it's too... I'm referencing a thing that's popular at the moment. Mm-hmm. Wait, hey there, was... fellow kids. You've heard of the X-Men. Was Days of Future Past out yet? Days of Future Past was 2014. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. So it predates that. Yeah. I yeah. mean, not the comic, obviously, but... Mm. Obvious, yeah. <laughs> How about you, BT? What do you reckon? Uh, man, I had a pretty good time throughout. I think it lagged a little bit in the middle, but uh, outside of that, I got a surprising amount of jokes. I'm sitting there going... Now, am I just full of dumplings and good feelings, or am I enjoying this? <laughs> What's but, uh, wrong with being full of dumplings and good feelings, man? You know? Well, nothing, but it just alters my perception of reality. <laughs> so, um, But no, we had a good dinner. You know, I had some good dumplings and mm-hmm. watched a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. I yep. think, yeah, it was a real good pick-me-up. Nice. <sighs> have you guys seen it yet, or...? No, we don't have no. Disney Plus like some people. We have to stream things illegally like everyone else. <laughs> Join us. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hook into this episode if we're not going to talk about The Mandalorian. So, Sean, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode? Oh, fuck me. You know what? How they explain away Maggie not talking. I'm all here for it. What is it? The umbilical cord is also counts as a vocal cord, yeah. so yeah. you're not allowed to use that vocal cord in lieu of hurting the baby. So hell yeah. Like there's just a lot of really awesome gags that they don't waste. Like hell. Hmm. Even the Mad Max Airport. Yes. <laughs> that was my other one. It's oh Simpsons is so good for its visual gags, especially in the later seasons. I I, I realized that especially when we watch the HD era, a lot of what 
we did find positive about it was the visual gags, what mm. the yeah. animators are chucking in. But this episode just also has some really damn good writing. Yeah. And yeah, how about you, Ellen? What stands out to you for better or worse? Ooh, well, probably the strength of this episode for me is in the comedy and the gags and that it just breezes past. It's not like, you know, that other HD era episode that we watched where it was just like, it just felt laboured and it just felt like, is this funny? Which no one finds funny. When you're trying mm. to be funny, it rarely works. And like a lot of gags in this episode just kind of like, just were and they were actually really clever misdirects like my favorite one is probably it's like a hydrated joke from like back to the future where marge has there's a pill and it's like christmas cookies and marge drops like a little bit of water on it and you're thinking oh it's gonna like turn into christmas cookies but instead it turns into a christmas (laughs) cookie recipe and then she just gets out the flour and stuff as usual and i'm like fuck that's a great gag because it like so effortlessly plays misdirects our expectations mm-hmm. and comes up with something even better. Yeah, I also love the Mad Max fucking yeah. plane so what about, much. What about the coffee sharpener? The coffee sharpener. I love yeah. so much putting coffee beans in a in a pencil sharpener. I like as well, similar to the um, uh, Lisa's Wedding. Yeah. 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 Lisa's Wedding episode where it's like... I think f- it's called Lisa's Wedding, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The future is just still shit. Like, yeah. still yeah. shit. But still shit, everyone's still yeah. shit. Oh, and yeah, that's right. And there's an ent joke. Yeah. It's like we realised that trees were sentient <laughs> at some point. <laughs> oh, until I hated one pine, this. <laughs> until one pine tree opened, opened his, his sappy mouth. mouth. Yeah, it's just like they just go past that. It's not like a family guy joke where it's like, wouldn't it be silly if this? It's just like, ah, no, nah, here's a silly thing. Move on. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to chuck it back on uh, you, Elliot. For better or worth, what's worth? This is why I'm not the host. <laughs> for better Especially or because you, yeah, so. leapfrog BT. BT, for better or worse, what oh, stands out I... to you? I mean, I can Ooh. wait my turn. It's cool. I was going to say, <laughs> why do you always have to be last, Elliot? Because it gives other people a chance to uh, do notes <laughs> and takes the pressure off me. <laughs> Sean, I, Sean, I think he knows how to do his own podcast. He knows right? how to take uh. shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> you got to spoil him every now and then, just make sure. I think maybe a genuine shock is they tried to actually go for heart and arguably actually landed it in this one. There's, you know, some nice complex family dramas going on. But I'm sure we'll get into that in the discussion. So instead, I'm going to focus on the Dalek Bobby running around London. (laughs) Because that was smashing. (laughs) Doing the whole Benny Hill thing, chasing women in and out Uh, of doors. Yeah, Benny Hilton wasn't bad pun either. Yeah, yeah, that wore my heart. Dalek Bobbies. Um, and uh, what about you, Elliot? For better or worse, what's your what's your standout moment? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. What a great setup. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, just to um, put a dampener on anything, because uh, someone has to. God damn you! Someone has you to positive people. Someone has to be the Grinch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tis the season and all. This uh, is why it's going last. Yeah, what, <laughs> one joke that I wasn't a big fan of is the Patty and Selma bots that leave them and run off oh, with yeah. each other. You mean the AI visual reference? I was mm. going to say, they're the gigolos or the gigolos. Yeah. The gigolos. Um, isn't it gig- I can't right, remember. I What's the, the David Ju- Lee Roth song? I'm just a gigolo. <laughs> Everywhere the I go. Jude Law character. Let's just skip out and call them fuckbots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fuckbot joke. Call the spade yeah. a spade. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's re- visual reference. The character model design is from AI, artificial intelligence. Is that a fact? Yeah. Deal with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with BT on this one. Yeah, Elliot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> God, you're just not a real AI fan like we are. <laughs> I 
I can confidently say that I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you've seen Bartificial Intelligence, that ha- Halloween sure. uh, Treehouse of Horror. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that actually the name of an episode? Artificial yeah. intelligence. That is fantastic. Uh, Treehouse of Horror segment, at yeah. least. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Play count. Sean, you haven't seen this episode. Have you seen it, Ellen? Nah. BT. No. Yeah, this is a few times for me now. Um, season twenty-three is actually when I think the series had a dip again after being kind of good in twenty-two. But yeah, I think it's interesting that this one has endured, even though. It's a risky move for them to do like a big future jump, especially mm. when, you know, they've had that Lisa's wedding episode. Yeah. Mm. And what do you guys reckon, you know, having watched that for the index, does can this one exist alongside that? Oh, uh, well, I'm gonna say it. I really fucking hate that Millhouse's endgame for Lisa. It's just uh like talk about settling. Like nobody yeah. wants Millhouse. I'm sorry. Like I no, that's not true. Somebody out there wants Millhouse, but not nobody Lisa. Nobody likes Millhouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> but not Lisa fucking Simpson. No. I also liked that they showed that she had a little um yeah, two She's relationships uh, that we know of. Canon by Canon bisexual icon Lisa well, I love Simpson. that Canon by. <laughs> she got <laughs> shot out of her cannon, and then when she landed, she was bisexual. And briefly polyamorous, apparently yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had, she had, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Hugh was not in the Christmas photos, but he only met the family before the wedding. Now, Elliot, full disclosure, I I zoned out when you (laughs) asked the question. Can I presume that the question was, can this coexist with all the other future episodes, including Lisa's wedding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh wait, this probably can't work with President Lisa as well. No, there we go. No. Well, maybe if she served one term and in the devastation of her defeat, slummed it and went with Millhouse. Yeah. You know, well, maybe well, we, she can, got we can draw a line <laughs> I don't want well, to. I feel bad for it, but you know, yeah, arguably. But then, when is Bart going to go to law school and become Chief Justice <laughs> of the Supreme Court? <laughs> Get your life together, boy. Yeah, I also felt like I mean, I already said this before, but the heart in Lisa's wedding is just so there, mm. and it's so mm. wonderfully and cleverly wrought out in moments that aren't just like overly sentimental. It makes you cry because of how earnest and honest the characters all are like homer Mm. shows his love you know by trying to put something that he cares about very deeply just under the rug in front of lisa and like yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but this one it just it had those moments where i'm like you didn't earn this you you know like lisa reconciling with marge it pretty much just happens and you're like okay it just happens and it, it doesn't... It's just very much like, here's the emotional moment, not let's work towards yeah. the emotional moment. Whereas the icky stuff kind of did, like Lisa and Bart talking about how shit their relationships with their kids are. That was nice. That actually felt I loved really the treehouse nice. scene. Yeah. 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 As soon as she, I saw Bart up there, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a nice yeah. moment. All the tough emotional parts seem to work. Like even Lisa going, my child thinks that I'm an idiot or whatever. Not that you would understand, mum. And mm. Marge is just like... Oh, okay. Yeah, like that... <laughs> was so good it was just like i just wish that if it was gonna have the heartfelt payoff that it would actually just have it in a more clever simpsons way yeah you pretty much end this bit with um you know effectively hacks into his her daughter's laptop and then you know sees that oh she does have respect for me and she's like well of course i do it's like then why are you always antagonizing her 
Yeah. I think for Lisa and her child, a better reconciliation would be Lisa finding it through Marge. Yeah. Like her actually coming to realize like, shit, I was really bratty and stuck up to my mum because I thought I knew better, just like mm. Zia's doing to me. Well, it seemed like they were going that way yeah. as well. Yeah. Like they, they did lay the seeds for the kind of that double reveal, which, you know, is kind of what they end up doing with Homer and Bards. Like, see, this cycle like kind of continues from generation to generation. It doesn't happen yeah. on Lisa's side. There's a really good example of that in like Whip It, where Ellen Page's character like, you know, has a letter for her mom that reveals like how much she actually admires her mom, even though have a they have a really hard relationship. But unlike Lisa's wedding, no one's really the central character in this one, which makes it no. a also, bit and also harder. Whippet established that long-standing respect by having her wear her mother's striper t-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm so, oh my god. I'm so glad that you came out with a fucking Whippet deep cut. Oh my mm. god. <laughs> Mad respect for you right now. <laughs> yeah, we, we got taken to that movie. I think I enjoyed it a bit more than uh, you. Oh, yeah, I hated it. <laughs> really? God, I fucking love Whip It. You know why? Because I goddamn lived it. My yeah. name's Ellen. I did roller derby when I was underage. And on my big roller derby event, I had a big family event as well. And I had to get my dad Ooh. to like strong arm my mom into letting him go. Anyway. What was your name? What was your name? What was your name? What was your name? Ellie Bean. Ah, it's not as aggressive as I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping oh, for like Ellen, like Ellen Degenerate or something. No, it, was it was taken. It was taken. You hacks. <laughs> Elevision. Ooh. Oh. Ellen Ooh. Wheels. Oh. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, seeing as though, yeah, we're all practically been covering the heart question as mm-hmm. well. Just uh, backing up what you were saying, Sean, about Grandpa and Homer and Bart and his kids. There was a really good point to be made about, yeah, the sort of generation jump of, yeah, liking your grandfather but not your dad. Mm. And it's something that the Simpsons have actually established before, that Bart and Grandpa actually have a very good relationship. Yeah, in one of my favourite episodes. I forget what it's called, but it's the Hellfish episode. Oh, yeah. Mm. Raging Abe Simpson and his grumbling grandson in The Curse of the Flying Hellfish. I knew it was a big fuck-off title, so I didn't even try. Oh, my God. By Fallout Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like quite often Bart and Grandpa bond over their kind of dislike for, for Homer. Yeah. yeah. So it's surprising that they didn't lean into it more. And yeah, it's weird because it was a very packed episode. But yeah, I agree. It's like there wasn't really a central character. And I didn't get yeah a very good sense of a concrete story going on here. Yeah. It's hard as well with those narratives because it's like someone needs to be the bridge and do the compromise and so like you know you either have the whippet thing where it's like it's going to be the daughter kind of opening up to the mother or like reconciling with the Mm. mother Mm. or it's going to be the mother reconciling with the daughter but like with these things of Bart and his sons, Lisa and her daughter, Lisa and Marge, Bart and uh, like with all these dynamics it's not really quite clear and as a result no one really gets a time to shine and it's also because the the framing device of the episode is different than things like lisa's wedding or the one where she becomes Mm. president where both times we're introduced that through lisa she either goes to the fair Mm. and meets the person or she goes to the (laughs) indian casino (laughs) and looks at the fire so like the framework is set there whereas this is just yeah. We are introduced to that through the entire family just suddenly Time going passing, through the years. Yeah. Well, they're deliberately potentially saying there is no central character, but because of that, it's harder to get a tangible yeah. grip on where the fulcrum of the episode is. But I think both my kind of favourite thing of this episode and also the thing that really lets me down is I really like the setup of all the character drama, but the payoff, it's all just landing. There's no hurdle. They just yeah. go from 
start to finish and there's no in between to really kind of gel those two together. Yeah. yeah. It's setting up that there's conflict, but they don't see them working through it. It's just, here's a conflict and we're resolving it sort Pretty of thing. Much, yeah. Yeah. But how about on the other side of that, the wackiness of this episode? So crazy. Oh, yep. yeah. The pets are now <laughs> superior beings. We can all hear thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a weird Although, setup. Yeah. That is like a call, call back to like my favorite fucking Simpsons joke where it's like, Homer can hear Bart's thoughts. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, um, it's the most childish joke, but I fucking love it. And I, oh, the invisibility cloak. Now, yeah. where did I put it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love hate it so much. Yeah, oh. I rec- recently picked up a deck of like item cards for D&D and the, the card for invisible cloak has no picture. Amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, well done, you cheap bastards. <laughs> I love the fucking Robocop, like, the Quickie Mart getting robbed. Oh. And Apu not only having a legion of um, children. children as an army, also his anger and confusion about, like, this is a cashless society. Yeah. What yeah. are you going to rob? <laughs> and oh, that's and a wackiness, then yeah. Apu later in the episode, his octuplets had octuplets. Yep. Fucking nuts. Of <laughs> there course are you would. 64 bags. Of course you would put them all onto the fucking grandparents, though. (laughs) Sanjay is bovine? Question mark? No. No. Yeah, I like that there's like a little multicultural uh, holiday episode that we have Mm. a bit of Hinduism in there as well. Oh, yeah, because it's like out the front of their city hall or whatever. They've got the various holograms cycling through the different things. There's Hanukkah. I like that the one for atheism is just no. No. (laughs) Yeah. Not available. (laughs) There's court-mandated security chips. (laughs) No, sorry. Court-mandated sincerity chips. I wrote security chips. That's incorrect. (laughs) And let's not forget bloody Prince Harry. He brought like the heading in a big way. In a big way. Well, I mean, the way that capitalism is going right now, I say... Bring mm. it on. <laughs> it started with Brexit. It's funny because, yeah, this episode would have been written in the time that Prince Harry was still a bit of a wild child and stuff. So, mm. like, checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pacifier. Yeah. You know what it reminded? It's not too far off, though, because I have never experienced this because I've never really been in hospital in a serious way. But, like, uh, one of my friends really fucked up their leg in a bad way and they have a whistle. Mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. That gives you morphine. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I'm uh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. What if they a just whistle. make a. Oh, uh, it's a red, green whistle. I forget. Green. It is like, yeah, it's a green whistle, which I couldn't take. Oh. So they injected morphine straight into my oh. veins, and it was glorious. Yeah. Have morphine, kids. <laughs> but basically, like, you, yeah, <laughs> it's, a little whis- it's a little whistle, and you just breathe in, and yeah. it's basically like. Instantaneous. Instant morphine. And I'm like, oh, oh what if they just did that with pacifiers? Yeah, it's God's hmm. juice. I don't think you can have morphine while you're giving birth, though. Let's say no. (laughs) Well, because, yeah, they have fentanyl lollipops as well. So, like, yeah, yeah, it isn't too far-fetched, but... Yeah, it's funny because, yeah, they did that and as well with the whole, like, pretending Maggie is Mary and stuff. And it's like, yeah. uh, she just did a concert in Beijing, huh? An instant <laughs> star. star. Yeah. yeah. Some of those jokes I was like, oh, yeah. really? Come on. Although having said that, like, as a former Catholic, it does make me kind of, I don't know. Yeah. Like deep cut Jesus jokes do make me fucking laugh because I'm like, I did 12 years of study in a Catholic school and I better be able to make literal God tier memes right now, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Were you also into Striper? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't want to get into my teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> but ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Yeah. I think it did. Yeah, absolutely. I say for jokes, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely a latter era Simpsons. I don't mm-hmm. yeah. agree with uh, What's His Face's take that it mm. could be a classic episode. Like, no, it, it's very much a, a product of its decade. Like, yeah. it's, it's very manic in that sort of way. And it's not something that you'd go, oh, what? This wasn't yeah. season seven? What do you mean? But definitely, yeah. like, oh, good effort. And, yeah. you know, the things I like about it, I really like. And it's not that I'm like, oh, man, those emotional things were really handled in a sh- stupid fucking shit way. It's just, more just, just like, yeah. it's more just like, could have been better. They didn't really do it. And I, if it had been, then mm. it would have been a stellar episode. It would have been fucking amazing. But as is, it's fun. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, they can't all be Lisa's wedding, but you know, it's, it's definitely not replaceable you. Yeah. And, and you know what? Their characters act the way their characters should. Like it makes total sense to me that Bart is now, He's he's living at his school and he's paying rent to his former teacher. Yeah, like that totally checks out. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't like this bit. I thought it was like a really lazy way to shoehorn Skinner into the episode for a not that great joke. I mean, it is a nice quick way to say intuitions. Bart's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. deadbeat, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Skinner's back and forth could have been punchier. It was one wasn't bad, but. I did like the fact that, you know, if the school has been remodeled into, like, a living space, but they haven't done anything, like, no, it's still no. the same. And as a result, Bart has just changed, like, the decor. He opens up the desk and he's turned it into, like, an esky. Mm-hmm. A desky. Uh, the, pens- yeah. <laughs> the coffee sharpener. The, like, yeah, yeah, the pencil sharpener is for grinding coffee beans, which, would that work? I don't know. I, don't, I definitely don't. I, no, I definitely don't <laughs> want to try it. <laughs> the school's always had a shitty budget. Like, it's always been a shitty public School, it makes so, sense yeah. that they would try and subsidize in the future. I don't know. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. And especially in a future jump episode when we're talking about character integrity, it's sort of a weird question to ask, you know, are they still the characters? Because they've obviously got to evolve. For Homer, at least as well, I do like that he's sort of mellowed out a bit and, you know, he had <laughs> a great too. relationship with his grandsons and and he quit drinking as well. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't about him struggling to not drink. Every time we've ever had Homer quick drinking, it's been about that. And this was just a fact. Oh, he's quick yeah. drinking. Yeah. yeah. I also liked the gag of, and it's just like a simple sight gag, but when we're cycling through all the years with the Christmas photos, once Bart and Lisa have like left the nest, they do what all fucking like old couples do and just go on holidays, just yeah. go on like stupid mm. fucking holidays. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> also that um, one of Abe's insults to Homer is Marge Mar- Lovin'. Marge Lovin', yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to ask about, yeah, any of the other characters. Do you think anyone was particularly off or? I feel like you're leading to something. Um, (laughs) Lenny and Carl made sense to me. Oh, yes, 100%. (laughs) Such a stupid, stupid joke and I loved it so much. I found a happy medium. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You were there for the brain swapping. Oh, this uh, was so seemed, weird. Yeah. And then his wife correct. was in a monkey's brain. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So good. Mo Most... won't change up the place because it's just so many people have died there. Yeah, yeah. The exact I enjoyed same. That. Very on point for Mo. Mr. Burns asking to release the hounds. Oh. They're all long dead oh. at that point. Oh. It did it also made sense that not only would he order that, but Smithers even knowing that the dogs are very dead at this point, <laughs> still it. carries it out yeah. and just stands there until they leave. Krusty's got a shitty, serious talk show now about mm-hmm. nothing. Like it just he's just getting more kind of yeah. grouchy and seems like uh, when Kevin Spacey did that weird. Oh, let me be frank. Uh... Yeah, that's that 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 was the vibe for me. <laughs> 
It's just nothing about that was uh, what's the opposite of ill-conceived. Like it was all <laughs> ill-conceived. Sorry, it was all yeah. And, um, like, and it yeah. came out on Christmas Eve. Like what? Uh, the f- yeah. like, well, uh, did you not get Christmas cheer from that? <laughs> <laughs> good tiding. I think he was banking on maybe good Christmas cheer. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this crusty bit as well. Like it amused me not for it reason itself, but just because my dad is like three people left in the world who still has a working fax machine <laughs> and he was complaining the other week he's like i've faxed the nab like five times now you know with the risk and it's like their fax machine probably isn't working yeah you're faxing to the ether yeah <laughs> faxing into the ether yeah it's just, 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 yeah someone's getting it maybe amazing if you had the last fax machine left on earth and you just faxed <laughs> and just didn't know where it went yeah. <laughs> And like then still got a reply. <laughs> very weird dystopian oh. sci-fi novel where, yeah, you've got the last yeah. fax machine, but then someone faxes you and you're like, but from where? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the lake house too. Yeah. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> but yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Not now, but <laughs> I will. I'm going to make you watch a different episode now. Oh, yeah. Hey. yeah, I think I might. Yeah, I think it passes the grade for me. And, you know, we like to think about if we'd watch the episode again, what playlist would this go in? Christmas. Yeah. Or well, I mean, the, besides the obvious future episodes, um, well, I don't know how many would make the cut with that one, but... Yeah. Mm. Family yeah, dynamics. Like, yeah. Marge Lisa episode or like family, yeah. like sibling parent episodes. Yeah. 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 Deep cuts to whip it. <laughs> a very very niche epi- like fucking folder that you put this episode in <laughs> yep. actually come to think of it Simpsons haven't done a roller derby episode yet I, <gasps> only a really? matter of time so really? whack and yet oh, here yeah. I am as a voice actor <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie Marge on roller derby sounds yeah, sick it's- Oh, you oh, know what? Actually, you know what? They've I've done a comic. S- they've done a comic. Going to say, I've definitely seen a comic where Marge is yeah. a roller girl. You, we brought it up in a oh. shut up episode. Yeah, Marge joined a roller derby squad. Yeah, that'd be oh, really good go. for her. Actually, I reckon I've met a few Marge Simpsons doing roller derby. <laughs> you Marge loving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a Marge loving gal. What can I say? <laughs> and Sean, I'll start with you. What would you like to change about this episode? What would I like to change about this episode? <sighs> Look, it's kind of what we've been talking about. Is I, I just want to put, even if it's just a scene or a minute, something that can justify kind of the ending moments, especially between kind of the male side of it. Like getting to that point at the end where you've got Bart and his sons and Homer and his father. Like I just want to earn that beat a lot more on both sides, to be perfectly honest. I, I want to earn... No, you know what? Scrap all that. Marge and Lisa, their reconciliation. And Marge actually being the catalyst for Lisa to realise, oh, this is what I've been doing this whole time to my mum. That makes sense. Okay, now I know how to approach fixing things with my daughter. Yeah, there mm. you go. We got there in the end. How about you, Ellen? What would you like to change? Similar kind of thing. Like, I just need... You either cut one of them or make them all super tight. Maybe not all of them are going to have a great payoff. Like, I don't think that Lisa really needs to go too far in terms of reconciling with Marge because Marge is the symbol of, like, unconditional love. And, you know, her being like, oh, get in the bed, sweetie. That's I've been waiting all my life for you to hear that, you know, I did an okay job at parenting. That's not the hard part. The hard part is Lisa clocking that with her daughter and realizing what she did to Marge. And I think it could have been, it could have been a stronger moment, definitely. Mm. And I think there didn't need to be a reconciliation with 
Homer and Abe. I think honestly, if Homer had just unfrozen Abe and let this kind of, because they do have quite an abusive relationship. Like Mm. Abe has said some horrible, like they both said horrible things to each other, you know, but it's one of the most kind of honest things of the Simpsons that we realize that Abe's mistreatment of Homer has made Homer, you know, feel cold towards him or feel yeah. angry. And like, then he takes out that anger on Bart. And it's like, Homer all had an si- awful childhood. All cyclical. And like, I think maybe if he had just unfrozen and let Abe abuse him, that it might have been kind of nice to see Bart's sons realize that just with on their own to go. Mm. Oh, I don't want to end up like that. I don't want this to be us, you know, yeah. and and come to that realization of their own volition as opposed to Homer kind of like forcing that message yeah. upon them and then also reconciling with Abe. I think yeah. that's far too gone at this it, point. It, and it doesn't even need to be like a full tire bow, and it can just be, oh, you know what, we have a lot of work to do, but yeah. we don't want to end up like that. So let's all make a better effort to. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a. I'm going to be better sons. It's more just like hey we're glad that we get to spend christmas with your dad yeah you know like yeah that's and, and homer give your father the cure like <laughs> fuck <laughs> that was grim yeah 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 so th- that's me yeah how about you bt what would you like to change hey i think we're all going to say the same thing because the jokes are quite on point on this one it's just that heart moment how exactly i'd have to pour over it again but i think the big divide between lisa and marge was always that lisa is into things that is just very foreign and very alien to Marge and that's where they have you know had trouble seeing eye to eye so I have the same thing with her daughter when we first meet what's her daughter's name Zoe Zia, Zia. 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 Uh, we first meet Zia just have her be a brat who just plugs in and adores her mother but then maybe over time you find out that she's tried to explain what she's doing online and Lisa doesn't understand it and doesn't see the value in it she's like so when maybe when Lisa plugs in, she sees her daughter is actually being very successful and is really engaged with a widespread of people. Mm-hmm. And it's just that continuation of you're into something I don't understand, but I respect that you love this, even if I don't get it. And I'm here to back you up as per always. Just something a little more concrete because what's there is kind of floaty and, you know, mm. just tie it down. Well, yeah, because piggybacking off that is exactly like around the area that I want to change is because it's one another one of these things where the Simpsons feel like they're just commenting on a thing like, yeah, they plug in and then the kid goes, duh. Although I did love the animation of Zia plugging in, just slamming her head slamming against her the head, yeah. <laughs> I know. Drool has binary in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't get a real sense of what, yeah, what she's doing in there. And yeah, because we go and she's just in a dorm room, effectively. It's like, wait, is she supposed to be at online university? Because that's a thing. Yeah. But then, the, yeah, she was sort of shutting out um, a party so Lisa couldn't see it. Sort of felt like it was undercutting that a little bit as well. Like, mm. I don't know, maybe if she was working on an art project as well that could only exist in an internet space. Um, yeah. I was actually surprised with how much this sort of seemed like the Futurama idea of the internet. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Jay Stewart Burns yeah. as well. He's a yeah. Futurama writer, so... Oh, and it, that's and right. It is, and it is hard to depict the internet without... You need to kind of do something that's a bit allows us to still explore the world kind of like through a person as opposed yeah. to just, you know, websites. Or just what, yeah, expl- explain something in a way that we can still understand. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, for real. Yeah. All right. We're here. Sean, starting with you. Any final notes? Oh, final notes. Let me have a time for Sean's final notes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a few final gags that I really liked. Number one, just because I just relate to it on a very deep level, sassy Siri. <laughs> Basically Siri talking to Kearney, or the equivalent of the GPS anyway. Just because I have a... My Siri is British male Siri. And whenever 
when Siri asks, oh, is, is there something that you want to talk about? And I say, no, it's all right, Siri. Siri's response is, and it's said exactly like this. Okay, then. <laughs> it's like, fuck. You can oh. hear the full stop. That's amazing. You don't want to talk about it. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but unnamed kids, I don't know their names. It smells like dog, but there's no dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the, the little light about, oh, they still haven't figured out a cure for detangling lights. Yeah, mm. that's nice. How about you, Ellen? Any other notes? Yeah, this could have gone into my what I would have changed, but the... um. When Homer, because you receive emails in your brain now, B-mails, and mm. Homer clicks on a virus, oh. <laughs> he just goes, ah! I We cringed. Sh- well, Sean was like, I was glad that didn't go where I thought it was, but I think it could have gone. I wished it had gone. Like, you I know, thought things were going to excrete out of well, him. Well, yeah, I thought yeah. blood was going to come out of his nose. I kind of hoped, yeah. hoped it would. Oh. I don't know. Excrete um, is an interesting yeah. choice of verb. It's a, it's there, a visceral man. word, is it not? <laughs> I loved the misdirect gag of here's where my dad is, and it's a tombstone, but it le- yeah. it's a sign for the cryogenic <laughs> facility. It mm-hmm. leads downstairs. I also liked. <laughs> are you making a, a snowman? No, I just like to um, wear my scarf, top hat, and uh, eat my, eat my carrot, carrot while I smoke a pipe. <laughs> it's just, it was just like so a nice, silly. <laughs> nice, stupid joke, which it's always the stupid ones that make you laugh. Oh, and the death of many Ralphs. Oh, yeah, I hated this. Absolutely hated this. It just reminded me of Mr. Meeseeks. Because it was another good misdirect because, oh, Chief Wiggum. And, you know, you think it's going to be Clancy, but it's Ralph. I just like Ralph dying a lot. You monster. Oh, God. There's so many of him, though, There's that it so kind of does become a bit comical. It's, like, yeah. it's just like Mr. Meeseeks well, dying it's, over it's, and over. It's mainly like the, the comedy comes from just how many fucking clones of Ralph are there? <laughs> and why are they all in the back of the... <laughs> no matter how many you make, it's never enough. Oh, God. <laughs> BT, any other notes? Uh, I like Homer's misdirect on... I'm going to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I wonder what life would be like if I would never watch that movie. <laughs> uh, they mentioned having landing in person on the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Can land a person on the sun, but can't fix my allergies. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. A, w- a week from now, Homer's new penis will arrive. <laughs> and we're all excited for I that. I did not enjoy that. What do you mean? Uh, Are you say, like, I'm I, happy with my penis. Well, yeah, but you're not like however old Homer is there. I will still have my penis. Yeah, but you could get a better one. <laughs> what? No such thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> this was a joke that I was like, uh, here Christmas we go present, with the setup. You know, let's have future sex. And yeah. But Homer, I, it's not the future, it's the now. Of course. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I laughed at the misdirect, but then I thought about it. Like, wait a second. <laughs> Reminds me of that song, Detachable Penis. <laughs> Deep cut. When you get older, things don't work like they used to, you know? Lean into it. (laughs) (laughs) Why should Marge do all the work? (laughs) Age with bitter angriness. That's my plan. Uh, (laughs) uh, They want to go to the park and ride the merry-go-nowhere. Yeah. Which I I feel was a really good dig at, you know, overprotective of kids and all that kind of thing. Merry-go-round doesn't even turn anymore. Yeah. I do like when Kearney's like, computer, hospital, and then it flies them to the computer hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my last note is a downer of just the kind of general lack of like transitional music from scene to scene and background music. It's something that's really prevalent in the HD era. And uh, yeah, it bothers me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I actually have no memory of there being a score in this episode. All the, yeah. all the music just came out in the like... Here's where you're meant to feel sentimental yeah, now, which yeah. like yeah, only you- added to the fact that I'm like, uh, this could have been done better. Because if you're relying on 
on music to get you there, then the writing and setup is not strong, yeah. Yeah, you can do a lot with silence. But even in something like Lisa's Wedding, there's like a, you know, science Uh fiction version of the theme playing in transitions and stuff. And it just smooths those scene movements over a little bit and it's not here and it's really noticeable. All right, it's time for my final notes. Now it's time and now it's time for his final notes. (laughs) Elliot's final notes. I (laughs) fucked up the falsetto. No, it's all right. I sprung that on you when you were clearly thirsty and taking a drink. No, it's time for you to be a soundboard. (laughs) There was a joke that actually caused a bit of controversy. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, Millhouse, why don't you go to Michigan? They're under Sharia law at the moment. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a kind of kind of prevalent Muslim community in Michigan, isn't there? I didn't like the. <laughs> no, it's mm. just it's the whole thing with the alarmist Sharia law fucking bullshit with yeah. and yeah, it's yeah, I didn't like that at all. Yeah, that he has to wear a veil and like yeah, I was just like that's really shit and also not what Sharia law anyway. Yeah, because yeah, I was right because it was in, inspired by a controversy over the growing Islamic influence in the city of uh, Dearborn, Michigan, which That's has a right. significant Muslim yeah. community. Yes, but I, right. I mean, you could have even just done a like, like I know Ramadan but I, it does not f- line up with that kind of holiday time, mm. but like, yeah. it could have just been that where it's like, you know, I'll just go there because it's not really a big Christianity area. Like, I, I don't know. It's Yeah, just... being allergic to mistletoe and holly and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. The red stripes on The red part of a candy cane, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, that is a good joke, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That joke was not there. good. Yeah. Apparently, Homer killed Edna and Ned married Maud Ghost. Yeah, so I'm assuming this was before the voice actor died. Oh, yeah, this is, yeah, two years before Marsha Wallace actually passed away and they wrote her out of the show. Mm. Oh. oh. That's mm. right. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to go see 68% of Cher? <laughs> um. <laughs> hey, man, Cher is all natural. <laughs> yeah, all 68% of her. <laughs> I, too, in- really enjoyed Mad Max Airlines as yeah. well and, like, the, so the food good. cart as well. Like, Turkey Break Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, can Suicide I have the dog pills. food? Suicide pills. Suicide pills. <laughs> yeah, Leave the, the can. gyrocopter from the second movie rocks up next to them and he just shoots oh, yeah. him. It's the guy on top of <laughs> it would have been yeah better if he was yeah playing a bass guitar hung up like a puppet yes. in flames and everything a doof warrior yeah <laughs> and one of my favorite jokes actually from the episode was the final christmas card as well that at the bottom said an amorphistic quiz knock to all our friends from rigel seven <laughs> yes very good all right it's time to rank this thing on the simpsons index we rank using our six point scale which starts down the bottom at failure maybe if the episode is just meh you give a participant but for the positive rankings you got okay bronze good silver excellent gold but for the best of the very best you give cubic zirconia and i'm gonna go first let me show you how it's done I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> I'm going he's to going go any minute he's now. Gone. He's, go- he's gone. He's gone. Uh, look, I was close to silver, but I'm just giving it a bronze light. It's right on the border, but, you know, because of my own rules, I have to fucking make a call here. It just, I don't think it did enough story-wise, but, you know, the jokes were really good. And, and as well, this was actually... They were going through a bit of contract negotiations at the time of this episode mm-hmm. being produced, and this was intended that if season 23 was their last, this would be the final episode. And honestly, I think it would have been a fitting final, but, you know, existing as it is in the fact that The Simpsons have now gone on for another 50 years, it's it's a fine episode. Ellen, your turn. I'm probably going to say the same rating. It's okay. It's fun, and it's good, and I really laughed a lot, but, like, you also 
don't need to do that much to make us laugh. Like they're clever enough and they're good enough that, you know, it's really with the speed and the tenacity of the jokes and also, you know, like that they do make some kind of weird sense when they do. Mm. But for me, it was just lacking a lot of heart in what should have been probably a really heartfelt episode. But it it was really fun and it was really good and and I was really kind of set to not enjoy myself since it's it is a late era Simpsons episode and it made me kind of happy that they you know they still got it they still can make really funny stuff. However, I know that they're aware of making really funny and really emotional stirring stuff. Mm. And if they had brought in just a little bit more. I would have given it gold or if it had been really good, obviously higher. But yeah, yeah, bronze. All right, BT. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stay the trend and go with the bronze as well. Uh, good jokes. And I mean, the heart doesn't really land in this one. But unlike other ones where the heart doesn't land, which feel lazy, this one just feels like it didn't quite get it right. Mm. But I think it tried and that mean, makes all the difference. And there are some great moments. I mean, like, like we said, Bart and Lisa in the treehouse is a great little moment. Even without that, you know, great heart landing, the jokes still hold up quite well. So, surprise as I am to say it, bronze. Sean, finish it off. I'm on a solid silver. I think this is a better episode than just okay. I think there's a lot going for it. And I think that kind of similar to the way I kind of view Futurama episodes, where I Mm. take the different parts of what makes a really quintessentially great Futurama episode. So, the heart, the sci-fi, the comedy, and now especially in the the second run, the um, animation, the visual side of it. I think that while this episode doesn't hit the mark with say a lot of the landings and a lot of the emotional poignancy that they can get towards the tail end of the episode it's brought up by the humor it's really solid writing it's funny and we were having a lot of fun the whole way through and i think that that's enough that i can forgive some of the shaky endings that it does have and like to that end it's why I haven't given it, say, a gold. I think if they really hit those emotional beats and really kind of stuck the landing, I think it's a really fucking great episode. But no, for me, it's a solid silver and we've kind of... I'll just be talking ad nauseum about the reasons I like it, but silver. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, averaging out, that'll be a shiny bronze, which honestly, that feels nice for mm. it. Mm, and it'll shiny. be the third episode from season 23 to be called a shiny bronze. Really? It'll be joined by the man in the blue flannel pants, which is like Homer doing a Mad Men sort of parody episode ish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and also the book job, which is Barton, Homer, and Neil Gaiman doing a big book heist, which. Jesus! I... What? You uh. guys haven't seen it, obviously. No. Yeah. I Man. adore this episode. Yeah. I was the silver uh, on that one. By the no, way, like uh, the book job yeah. is also written by Dan Weber, who is a Futurama writer as well. Fuck so. yeah. Oh, there we go. Also, Neil Gaiman is just like amazing. He's like such a fun dude. Oh, and fuck yeah. And the man in the blue flannel pants was done by Jeff Westbrook, who is also a Futurama alum. So all your good episodes in this season are by us Futurama kids over here. Us Futurama <laughs> us. kids. we are also writers. Yeah, you know, us. <laughs> what up? I'm Jeff <laughs> Westbrook, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> all right, and before we move on, we must ask, is that reputation justified? Is that is reputation, reputation justified? Hayden Childs of the <laughs> AV Club. Hayden, that's a child. <laughs> I don't, do you have one for her? Him? No. Hayden? Whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if it is a her or a him. Let's go with the gender neutral. They gave this an A, which is like our equivalent of gold or something. And they say, Holidays of Future Past found a sweet spot that combined a barrage of non-stop jokes with a tenderness often lacking in Latter-day Simpsons episodes. There is even a conversation between the adult Bart and Lisa that rings surprisingly true for adult siblings wrestling with their shared familial past. 
I mean, they said a lot of similar things that mm. we said. I guess our scale is just a bit different. And also I think it's maybe I'm a bit tougher, but I'm like, I know what the Simpsons crew can do. So it's yeah. like, yeah. Fucking, you don't impress me by making me laugh. You make me laugh all the time. God damn it. Uh, they don't make me laugh all the time. Well, no, not in like late era, but <laughs> cool it should boy. Like, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I know that you're capable of writing really, really great stuff. So it's just the interesting thing because I think this is written really well. I just, I really think this is yeah? a solid episode, like solidly written all the way. I think that, yeah, I think y'all are harder on it than you need to be. That's all Oy, I'm saying. Controversial. I'm Screen Rant called it the best episode of the 23rd season. That's probably not that much of a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, no, I put the book job way over this one. Mm-hmm. Just, you guys have got to watch it. Neil Gaiman's amazing you in that episode. Overhype it, but yes, Neil Gaiman is great. I will overhype anything I want. <laughs> <laughs> So now, because of my confusing two-part episode structure, we're moving on to a different episode with a different lineup. But make sure you tune back in next week to hear our thoughts on the second part of this future jump from the HD era with the Shut Up and Take My Podcast crew when we do Days of Future Future. I am so confused. We'll be back. (laughs) That is all the mustard in the house. Bye. And we are back, and we're here for the Teens Era portion of our two-parter special. So, for the, the part one of the Teens Era, I am joined by Claire Double R. Hi, Elliot. Jordan Frost. Hello. Danny Rosewell. I'm Danny Rosewell. And here, as always, except when he's not, BT Galloway. This microphone is tickling my mustache. <laughs> Say mustache. that five mustache. times mustache. fast. Mustache. Yeah, if you haven't noticed already, listeners at home, Beach has continued <laughs> way past November. And he's still rocking the, that hairy slug on his lip. Mm. But fully supported by the rest of the cast members here because it looks amazing. I am yeah, it does. He's <laughs> like Raul. Who's Raul? Raul Julia? No, his name's Gomez. <laughs> You're not helping. Gomez is played by an actor called Raul Ra- Julia. Raul Julia. Raul Julia. Not oh, Raul. Not Raul. 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 Like Raul, like Paul, you know? I do know Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Paul. Julia. No, it's Julia. (laughs) Anyway, we just watched Season 10, Episode 10, Viva Ned Flanders. First released in January of 1999. It was directed by Neil Affleck, no relation. Written by David M. Stern, yes relation. In this episode, this is the episode where it's revealed that Ned is 60 and Homer helps him to live his life to the fullest and they go to Vegas and get Vegas wives. Now, before I ask you guys, what did you think? Just the reason why I picked for this particular group to do this episode. Now, last time we did a two-part special, we looked at the duo of Maud Passing Away episodes. We sure did. Mm. And I think these two episodes, Viva Ned Flanders and what we're going to be doing next week, Brawl in the Family... Uh, the Vegas Wives duo of episodes, which kind of happen near and around this time with mm. Ned and Maud, and I think, yeah, are also a part of that story. So, with that out of the way, hey guys, what did you think? Pretty good, but not as much fun as I remembered. I think that if Flanders was 60 in January 99, he is... He's already in the time loop. He's almost 81 now. Yeah, would be if it weren't for time loop. <laughs> so he was born in the 40s? 39. That's way, like, older than I thought he would be. Mm. I mean, like, when you actually put it into the year that he was born compared to the year that the episode came out, that seems insanely 
like a really long time ago because I still think of Ned Flanders as mm-hmm. the age he is today, you know? Yep, old silly Billy Ned. Yep, glass of milk on the side for dipping. Sorry, my apologies. Glass of water. Water. On the side oh for my dipping. God, milk. What is he? A, a, a wild a man. Pro- a Protestant. Oh, we'll get there. Jordan. Uh, it had a collection of bits that I remember, but the overarching story is yeah, I don't know. It's kind of nothing. Mm. Yeah, Dig. I gotta say this episode it started out a lot slower than I. I think you put it good. It wasn't as fun as I remembered, and Superman the episode good. Fuck. <laughs> it didn't really, the ball didn't really get rolling until Vegas. But yeah, let's hook into the questionnaire and uh, do a deep dig into this episode. A deep chop, chop, dig, dig. Hey! Claire, nice. for better or worse, what stands out to you? Well, I always like Flanders and, and Homer episodes generally. Mm. Like the ones where he becomes really like good friends with Flanders is always They're one really of my favorites. They're original odd couple, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose the interaction between like Flanders and his family really stood out to me. It shows that they're actually quite a nice, like normal little family. I mean, we get a few perspectives from the Simpsons, um, mm. you know, like when the Simpsons kids go to live with the Flanders and they come off as like weirdly creepy, you know, making cucumber sandwiches yeah Mm. but like this was just nice and wholesome where Maud's really supportive of Flanders Mm. and you know the kids know him well and like it just seemed really nice I I like that part of it but I do like how they inadvertently drive the point home for Ned he's all like oh well seems like those people at church were making fun of old steady Neddy and they were just like oh you know some people like crunchy peanut butter some like smooth like yeah some people like to avoid that altogether (laughs) (laughs) just plain white bread with a glass of water water on on the side side for dipping dipping. it's like and that's when he breaks and is like Gosh, darn it, am I that pre-diliectable? But yeah, that's almost like his catchphrase in the household. Yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's maybe not just his morning bread that's, yeah. that's applied to. He's dipping water. And I like, there's a visual reprise as well when he walks into the kitchen and there's just a glass of water next to some bread. Is it? <laughs> oh, I missed yeah. that entirely. Nice. How about you, Jordan? What stands out to you for better or worse? <laughs> it's kind of dumb. Basically, Tony Martin had a show on Triple M mm-hmm. ages ago. For our non-Australian audience, Triple M is a radio Triple M. channel station. Anyway, they used to do a competition where they try and get people to do impressions. And oh, they're yeah. often very bad. And I remember they were trying to get people to do a Marge impression. And the line, now it's Marge's time to shine, was like the... Uh, the like, contest line. Yeah, like that was the one you had to replicate. Mm. Um, so when this came up, it just I had to stop and think for like 20, 30 seconds and not pay attention because I was thinking about how bad all the people were trying to do Marge impressions <laughs> back Jordan. in like the early 2000s or like late now 90s or Jordan's whenever it was. Now it's time to shine. <laughs> yeah, do it, Jordan. Do no. the impression. Anyway, so Come yeah, on, that, that was a bit that stood out. Can you shut up and let me talk? <laughs> it's Jordan's <laughs> time to shine. Damn. Um, yeah. So good. basically, it that's what I thought about, and that's that's what stood out most because it was stuck out worthy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had one of these moments when we reviewed Bart Carney, where the rich Texan goes, "You're gonna work like you never worked before." Mm. That was in like a triple M during Club Veg. It was in like the start of the work drive hour or something on their program so it was like yeah have triple m on at work with club veg radio yeah and they do those like little audio montages of like different bits from tv that you yeah all the vignettes and yeah it's a family guy bit but that on the radio cool yeah (laughs) oh and all the little words like word on the radio what oh my god you're gonna work now it's marge's time yeah yeah how about you denny what stands out to you for better or worse chop chop dig dig Chop, 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 dig, 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 chop. You know, Shaq, there's a lot more that two wise could do for you than mm. just... I hear digging, <laughs> but I don't hear chopping. <laughs> 
That is a line that weirdly has just stuck with me. For I think yeah. that's just one of those you know, earworms you mm. can't get rid of. Like, Lisa needs braces. You're never going to unhear that. But that Homer, in his own fantasy, was oblivious to Marge's like suggestive anyway. Yeah, Marge was totally trying <laughs> well, to put out. Even then, his own fantasy, the beast sings the his beast beast like, oh, sings. <laughs> but I like that. It's, Why is the beast? The thing that's wrong with the whole scenario is that he will get stung by a bee. It's not anything to do. Like yeah. that's yeah. what he's like. Oh my god, that oh my god, is this terrible. Out. I'm gonna get stung by a bee if I go through with this. <laughs> oh no! It's not too late to stop it. Uh, but what does stand out to you? Chop, chop, dig, dig. Yeah, geez, man. I mean, seriously, I thought I had a solid answer there. Um, I kind of liked Homer and Nettie waking up in like the hangover hotel room. Mm. That clearly hinted at an incredible night that just wasn't explored at all. They went straight to the... Yeah, Simpsons did it. (laughs) Sorry, hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the Simpsons did Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Too many kids. Another another one that Simpsons did it is at Tablets. When they take the order, the women in the Mm -hmm. bar, she's got like a tablet that's supposed (gasps) to look like... A, like oh. a stone tablet mm. that she's using it like a tablet. He asks like an iPad. for two of these, and she presses two different buttons, though. Yeah, yeah. so you press the drink Item and then multiply. multiply yeah. <laughs> Someone's never someone... worked service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you just press the drink and drink and get two of the same? What yeah. if you need fourteen? No, that's not how it works. Drink, they, drink, 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 they, drink, they drink, 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 drink. They don't need fourteen. You don't know that. This is Vegas, man. Shit gets wild like that. I assume. All right, so. Elliot, what stands out to you for better or worse? Well, you skipped over to the man that's here as always, except when he's not. No, we don't need order. This is oh, chaos, man. Well, it's Vegas. Anything goes. <laughs> Put it all on black. I think Katoomba is about as opposite to Vegas as you get. The no. listeners can't hear what order we're sitting in. I don't know. You have to look at it this way. We're all really drunk and have been drinking since like 10 a.m. So oh, this God, is kind of like drunk? Vegas. Woo! Woo. <laughs> and I did draw a poker machine before. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't an arcade cabinet at all. Okay, two in joke. BT, what stands out to you for better or worse? I like that not only was the Birds Casino being destroyed, it was also part of the plot because then when Homer's deciding yeah. something impulsive to yeah. do, he's like, we're going to break the bank at the Monty Burns Casino. They blew that up yesterday. Oh, now we're going to Vegas, which is actually back that way. <laughs> yeah, great little back and forth there. Um, I actually like really like that because that's one of the few times where they've taken a couple of bites at the apple mm. and I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, and it's yeah. worked. And mm. I think it's because they spaced it out a bit. Yeah. And, then and it was also- sort of a good timing as well, because we only just recently reviewed that episode as yeah. well. Sorry, you guys weren't there for that one. That was a very yeah, good episode. That's a good Rude. episode. Was that Gambler's Neon Claws? Yeah. Ah, good, good. Sorry, stuff. I gave it to Peter Zaluzny. Zaluzny? <laughs> yeah. That gorgeous blonde bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think what I'm mainly going to point out is two little bits to let you know a lot about Vegas. One is, you know, Satin Nights playing the hits of the Moody Blues, opening act, the Moody Blues. Yeah, savage ass. I also like that they're staying at Nero's Palace because if you know your history, Nero killed a lot of Christians. Just so many. Is that? Yeah. Ooh, no. that's it. I, that was his deal. So they legitimately thought he may have been Satan back in the day. I do think Nero's Palace would be way more fun than Caesar's Palace, though. Mm. I want to go to Cirque du Buffet. <laughs> yeah. I want to go to that one where they put the lions and the zebras on the roller coaster. <laughs> yes. They did not look like they were having fun. That's not the point. I'm having fun. <laughs> I think their portrayal of Vegas was pretty good as well. And that's what stands out to me is because this is where I really start enjoying the episode. Mm. And speaking of callbacks to previous episodes we get a reappearance of lance murdoch 
I, I really like that little scene. And that also sort of perfectly described Homer's complete inability to give a fuck about anyone else besides he's himself. so self-absorbed. And also a really nice little nod to the like, he's okay, folks, when he's clearly not. <laughs> They've not yeah. even checked yet. <laughs> While he's still getting defibrillated. <laughs> yeah. Like, but oh, yeah, they, you know, how could you improve on the original Lance Murdoch scene with like piranhas and electric eels and yeah. the king of the jungle? Well, he's gone life. through the ring of fire. He's passed the ring of ice. He's cleared the dog do stick. He's yeah. cracked the safe yeah yeah but no this was all great as well because like ned made a great point here is homer i can't you know go to death defying stunts immediately Uh, from zero to 30 (laughs) (laughs) which yeah i don't know miles that well but that's probably 60 kilometers or something around about 30 miles yeah is 70 odd carry the 45 kilometers now oh wow I was no. getting away no, 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 it's not. It's 48. Not, it's not. You were closest okay. uh, without, without going, going over. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, wow. Come on down. Mm. Oh, I also want to find out what is in a white wine spritzer. Uh, spritzer. Is white wine and, and, like, and like soda water? Yeah, that's what I thought. Wait, white wine and soda water. That's it's the heaviest fucking drink you're ever going to have, man. That oh will knock God. you on your you're fucking... Right. This is like the wine version of a shandy. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like the ice cream flavors that they have, essentially. It's, it's a watered down wine. <laughs> it's like instead of ice cream, you have... yeah. It's only mint. a step above a Shirley Temple, which he was also about yeah. to yeah. wear. <laughs> Although, speaking of earworms, the white wine spritzer, spritzer, spritzer is always stuck in my head as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it sound refreshing as well <laughs> like an apple it probably would be and that terrible band oakley doakley do have a song called white wine spritzer and it's not very good hey uh, hey uh, hey don't you knock it unless i've listened to it which i have therefore oh. i will knock it fair enough, to, fair enough. Uh, just to clarify the band is called oh killy don't kill me even worse yeah mm. uh, yeah get better band yeah <laughs> play count how many times have we all seen this episode before oh like probably 50 a handful i think of flashbacks worth snake eyes everybody loses <laughs> wait is that two or eleven i don't know man oh that's wild i'm pretty sure he just said craps everybody loses which could have just been him swearing crap everybody loses surely that's what the dealer wants though kind of asshole dealer do they employ mm. assholes don't they just want dealers where everybody wins wouldn't that be a much happier experience oh, you're, yeah, you're yeah. after wuss bets <laughs> they get such better <laughs> reviews on TripAdvisor. I did like that at the beginning of, where was it? <laughs> Loggins and Oats. What kind of music do they even play? <laughs> Crap Rock. Crap Rock. Oh, Wuss Rock, that's the one. Ah, <laughs> uh, tapes. And oats. I, I still remember the last tape that I bought was in like one of those tapes bargains bins in Sanity. I know this is not going to make sense to anybody <laughs> under 25. <Nope. laughs> yeah. And it was Fuel's second album, Something Like Human. Oh, wow. I once mm. had uh, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom on tape. Oh, that album nice. bangs though. I fucking know it Fuel's does. second album does not bang. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had Indian in the Cupboard on Ooh. audiobook. I love it. <laughs> That's a children's classic, goddammit. It I, I used to sit up late and um, listen to love song dedications and yes. then record <sighs> like specific songs. Oh, that was Mercer. so cute. Hi, welcome to Love Song Dedications with Richard Mercer. Hi, I just want to send a song out to Tom. <laughs> my God, I just I love him so much. Okay, I think I heard that you want to hear Love Shack. <laughs> 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 Wackiness, was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? 
you know what? I actually don't think it was super wacky for a Vegas episode. It was pretty tame. The one wacky part, I think, like that was full on wacky was mm. the reference to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. That was mm. like yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. Complete but, visual shift. Yeah, exactly. But the rest of it, I mean, because it's Vegas, you know, you can get mm. away with a lot. And the fight mm. scene at the end, like it was a bit crazy, but it kind of fit it yeah, worked. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like a Peter and the chicken fight or anything. Mm. It was just them huddling around Ned and Homer and pummeling them. Yeah. But I do like Tigers and Tatum and Moody. Implosion Blues explosion yeah. was definitely wacky. Mm. Also, when the girls decide to marry Foghorn and Leghorn and the tiger's like, here we go again. That sucked. Mm. That was pretty wacky. I didn't get that joke when I was younger. I didn't realize no. it was because they were gay. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Another parents of Gunther and Ernst. The wackiness of that there's a, a specialized car wash that will like straighten and then snap off your antenna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that was wacky. As though the car wash would work perfectly. It's like, no, no, we've got to fuck something up. Snap. <laughs> Actually, uh, in that scene as well, I mean, I think Cletus side sketches are usually uh, pretty bad. Yeah, but I did like this one. <laughs> Who wants waxing? Yeah. And even the dog's into it. <laughs> um, Actually, real quick wackiness that I didn't really get or understand Don Rickles gets like thrown from the exploding casino and then is like makes a racist joke about uh, Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Ricans stealing your hubcaps and us. Oh, that's just... all of Don Rickles jokes he right. sucks man he clearly sucks another like kind of wacky but in a sad kind of way is like that Ned just like tries to fucking hang himself in mm. the room yeah <laughs> I think it worked with the joke, yeah. though. Like, it wasn't just uh, one of the Simpsons' modern bleak takes on, on depression and suicide. It was she actually said, like... till death to us part. Till death to us part. I'm and, working on it. And you then know. he's yeah, trying Homer's to kill himself. Afterwards of, no, Ned, think of your wives. Mm. I think you can do black humour as long as it's not taken too far. Mm. Oh, yeah, it just didn't seem very Ned-like, that's all. Yeah, it would be a sin. I don't know. I think, you know, he, he's just having a rough week. Like, <laughs> oh, he's yes. had one night in the town and somehow gotten married, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. Do you reckon all of that was just on that one drink that he had? The one no, white wine. No, he, yeah. In the wedding video, he has a glass in his hand. I'm uh, pretty that's sure he does. Mm. And that and looks like a martini. So if he's gone from spritzers to martinis. Yeah, and a fucking sexy ass chest as well, like <laughs> where he's got all those chains on. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's some wackiness. He got, like, changed into, like, an Elvis suit and then changed mm. back to get in the hot tub, yeah. fully clothed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to ruin an Elvis suit. I've got to wash my clothes, obviously. It was a rental. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't, by far, it was not the wackiest episode of The Simpsons. A few little wacky gags here and there, say, for zoo animals in roller coasters and whatnot. Mm. Oh, man, it was well, so good. Uh, all right. Do you reckon that the meat mm. barbecue thing that Homer was doing on the roof counted oh. as wacky. Ah, it does, but again, yeah. not outlandish. Yeah, because it's still referenced and it carries on like, oh, who's going to clean this up? So it doesn't mm. just vanish the next scene. Yep. Mm. And yeah. it's meant to be absurd. It's meant to be, look at Homer, living it up. Look at how wacky he is, though. Absolutely wacky. Time for some mistakes. If he was doing that in <laughs> season one, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But how about the heart in this episode? In an episode with a wedding, how was the heart? Oh. Kind of still non-existent. Like, yeah, it mean, wasn't really about heart, heart. It was just yeah. Mm. It felt a little bit for Ned, who's uh, kind of realized he's just never lived. It's not what it's about, but a little, little bit. Yeah, I don't think that was really the point of this no. episode at all. But I didn't feel the lack of heart either. Mm. It wasn't like it should have been there and it wasn't. They could have pushed it, but I actually think it would have made it cheesy. You know, mm. I don't yeah. think you could really force heart into this plot without bringing too much attention to how ridiculous the plot itself is. Yeah. 
you know, or the it's, fact it's, that they both got married while they already have wives. Exactly. Mm. Like if they'd had like some sort of big reunion at the end where like Homer, you know, is up with Marge, like, oh, you're the only woman for me or anything. Like, mm, it just didn't fit. It, it was better that they kind of just brushed it off and were like, all right, well, that chapter's closed. You know, we just have to get home, lie to our wives and everything goes back to normal. <laughs> Make up some story about aliens abducting us in the in front of a Walmart. And a hundred spaceships. You're right. You know, what I like is we were out buying them fabulous gifts. And then he's like, oh, what was the occasion? It distracts me. When you come back, it's like, so we walked out of the Walmart. Yeah. It's like fabulous <laughs> gifts from Walmart. I feel like they invented the term gang probing as well. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> happy about that. No. It, it is an interesting visual, but um, what happened down there? Dropped a thing. Picked mm. it up. Yeah. All day long. Who gives a fuck? I, what I... W- <laughs> <laughs> I, what I, I liked about that scene is just Ned's resignation. Like, does it have to be gang probe? Like, firstly, he knows what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like he is aware of the world. He just chooses not to partake. And yeah. I like that level of Ned Flanders, <laughs> like, uptightness. You know, it's not that he doesn't know anything. He's not innocent. He's mm. been on this earth. He gets it. He just doesn't, you know, He's he 60. has a way of living. Yeah. You know, chooses to purge it. Exactly. Mm. And I, I think they've played him in other times where he doesn't know anything about anything. And yeah. it comes off as really ignorant, I guess. Yeah. It's like when he's got the baseball cap. And it's like, show me your... T-, and he covers their eyes because he knows what's next. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I felt a little bit of heart for the residents of Las Vegas with all their town pride. Yeah. <laughs> Two people were bailing out on their wedding. Not in Vegas. <laughs> Why don't you take your money elsewhere? Although that's only <laughs> seconds after they pretended to be God to keep somebody gambling. <laughs> Deep gaming. Yep. It means gambling. Keep gambling. But ultimately, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Mm, yeah, everyone's on point. Make like how we get to Ned's personal crisis makes sense, and Homer being a mentor for how to live in the impulse zone is absolutely something he can do. <laughs> You're living here, man. You need to live down here. <laughs> or uh, the other line I really like of uh, how do you shut up that little voice that says "Think, Lisa"? No, exactly. common sense. <laughs> oh, that. I disagree. Oh, bam. How you like them apples? I like them like I like pistols at dawn. <laughs> oh, thank God dawn's a while off. Yeah. <laughs> Cross that bridge when we come to it. Ooh, yeah. Um, anyway, I didn't like the way that we got into the meat of the episode. I feel like there's a part where Homer's like, guess what, everybody? Ned's old. <laughs> ah, he's like, like, Ned's a cheat. Yeah. Yeah, not old. He doesn't care about old. He thinks he's cheating. <laughs> he thinks he's pretending to be old. Yeah. yeah cheating. <laughs> That's not where I'm going with this part anyway. Oh, that's where you started. Oh yeah, my god. Is. You started wrong. Try again. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Ned's cheating. He's actually pretending to be old. Ned's like, no, I'm actually 60. And everyone else is like, wow, 60. Damn, son, you look incredible. Oh, you are a hot sly fox. How do you do it? Mm-hmm. And Ned's like, oh, you, it's clean living in constancy, sweet constancy. And then he goes home and he's like, oh, I'm the worst, most boring person in the world. And the thing is that he's talking about things that he likes doing. They didn't do a shot of like, I only have bread with water. I hate bread with water. I just only have it every day despite it making me miserable because that's what I'm supposed to do for God. You know, he never showed that he was unhappy with his choices in yeah, life. Yeah, Because no, think... everyone in the church is all like, what, you've never done anything? And they even say, well, you're 60 years old. You never lived a day in life. And then the drive home, he's all like, oh, it sounds like they were making fun of me there. Yeah, I don't think Flanders gets on this journey because he doesn't like the way he's living. He's just sort of coming to the realization that he's never really tried anything outside of what he already knows mm. and likes. And it's not that he doesn't like his bread and water for dipping. He just wants to be seen as spontaneous or interesting because all of a sudden, like, 
when he had to admit he was 60, he was obviously embarrassed by it. And then he saw yes. everyone's reaction. Well, he's proud at first. No, 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 he isn't. He's, he's actually no. embarrassed. Like, oh, no. oh, I'm actually 60. And then they go, wow. And he hits this little smile. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I mean. I'm clean living and everything like that. That's and I mean. then that was instantly taken away from him. Yeah, because like, he was hesitant to reveal it. Like, he was like a little bit embarrassed in that moment. Yeah. So it's clearly okay, something that he's sort of pushed back a little bit but yeah and yeah i think you know he had that little taste of everyone going wow your life is amazing you do amazing things and then realizing that everyone's like mm, not worth it i'd rather look like shit at 60 and like <laughs> you know keep drinking and, and partying vitamin church mm. Ugh. Mm. that's a tough vitamin to swallow <laughs> the steeple really good stuff. <laughs> like pu it's also driven home by a, a relatively wacky gag with grandpa simpson and jasper yeah. You know, I, for, I love that one. I forget about it every time. But, you know, when he's driving along, having this conversation with Maud about how he thinks he's too boring, like the car pulls up next to him and they've got all these hot girls in there and they're all waving and smiling. And blasting rock music. Like, yeah. even I forgot it this time. I thought, oh, Grandpa's been hooking into the Buzz Cola again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And yeah, then like, help, we're being carjacked. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's an episode where we're seeing Ned bend his character, but definitely not break it, because especially when the, I reckon when the shoe drops, is that what I'm looking for? When the shoe hits the fan. Yeah. (laughs) And he realises the mistake that he's made, like, he instantly turns into old silly Billy Ned Flanders again. Mm -hmm. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Okay. Yeah, I'd watch it again. All right. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose we're going to watch it again too. And if we're going to watch it again, we might put it in a playlist. What playlist does this go in? Joan Rivers' appearances? Was that actually her? That wasn't her. No way that was her. (laughs) Dragging her daughter. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past Joan Rivers. Yeah, true. Mm. Obviously like trips to Vegas or to casinos in general. Yeah, yeah. Casino playlist. Buddy road trip playlist. Yeah, especially Ned and Homer buddy ups. I would want to put together a list of all of the like Homer imagination jokes. Oh yeah, where like this one, the chop chop dig dig, mm-hmm. but also the one where like you know Marge is mowing the lawn and he's on the hammock, but also the one where it's like she likes to make bacon on the beach and he's there, and like all of those <laughs> ones where he's imagining something and it's kind of you think it's going to be dirty yeah. and it's just something lazy. Actually, yeah, an offshoot of that Homer in the hammock playlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that one where the caterpillar crawls into his mouth, he coughs, and then it's a butterfly. <laughs> Good. Shit. What about uh, Lisa just accepting that everyone around her is stupid? And she's like, you're not really giving my dad power of attorney, are you? <laughs> and he's like, well, I guess we can't do business then. And he signs it anyway. And she sort of looks like yeah. so disappointed. So what does power of attorney grant you? Like what did make Homer... legal decisions on their behalf? Mm. Homer could make for yeah, like, change, like change his will or oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like sell his house, whatever. Yeah, you usually only get power of attorney if somebody is incapable of doing it themselves, like really, yeah. really old mm. or really sick or something like that. Or comatose. But yeah, exactly. Like very extreme situation. Oh, all right. All right. Claire, what would you like to change about this episode? You know what? I'm actually pretty happy with it as it is. I agree when you say that the first part of it drags out a lot, but I also like a lot of the jokes that are in there. I don't think it's a perfect episode. But I actually don't have any problems with it that I'd go, no, I'm definitely taking that scene out. I definitely need to change this, you know. Yeah, you know what? I can't really think of anything. Somebody else give me some ideas. Jordan, give her some ideas. Well, I'm actually seeking ideas too because I, th- I know what I want to get rid of, but I don't know what to put in its place. Well, not get rid of, just change. So 
the wives say that they basically that they don't care that they're already married mm-hmm. and you know it's hard to find a good guy and you know they won't give up without a fight mm-hmm. maybe i've just answered my own question there is a fight and then they just give up but basically it's like i wanted a better resolution for how they get out of being married and I don't think that them just going, Las Vegas doesn't care for out-of-towners. Take your money and go someplace else, which yeah. I think is yep. such a good That's line. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so um, good. But yeah, it seems a weak ending and resolution to that problem. I don't know. I, I want to change that, but I really don't know how. How about you, Danny? Danny Roosevelt. I'm Danny Roosevelt. I'm torn. Um, Nothing's right. I sort of want to scrap the whole second half. The Vegas bit? Yeah, the Vegas bit. No real reason why, but there's no real like point to the mm. Vegas stuff either. They go there, they wake up, they realize the error of their ways, they go home, pretend it never happened. Pretending it never happened is sort of the cutting that out of your arc anyway. That's your, I woke up and it was all a dream ending. I prefer to see like a caper, like Homer takes him out to the pub, then suddenly they're at the casino, then suddenly they're gambling, then suddenly they're partying, then suddenly they're this, and then suddenly they're that, and then they're in trouble, and they're running away from the, the mafia, and then they're running away from the cops, and the cops are running away from the mafia, and then the Beatles are like, you know, and build up, build up, build up, wild hijinks and caper, and snatch and lock stock and two snorky barrels. Snorky! Um, Wait, where did the sentence start? We'll fix it in post. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then, like, Ned's feeling older and older and less, like, juvenile. And he's, like, getting wrinkly and smoking and bitter and jaded by the, all the cocaine gun hijinks that are going on. And Homer's getting drunk and burned out. And then they are sort of more like uh, Foghorn and Leghorn in Leaving Las Vegas. Fr- uh, f- fleeing <laughs> Las Vegas. When they- <laughs> And so, yeah, no, then, loading, not leaving Las Vegas. Oh, very different very movies. <laughs> anyway, and they collapse. Well, there's a lot then, of drinking in both, but yeah. for different yeah. reasons. And then, so they both feel like a million years old because they finally lived their lives and they collapse into their beds at the end of their big wacky hijinks. And then the alarm immediately goes off. Alarm immediately goes off and Flanders is already up cooking a delicious breakfast and Homer's like crazy hungover being like, oh God, kill me in the head with the boot of a blog. How did you manage to do this, Flanders? And Flanders is like, well, you know what? I actually... Actually, maybe there is something I do like about living. I like the way I'm living, you know? And To have the sample and then decide to have his normal that's it. life. That's it. There's no resolution to his arc. Yeah, because this right. is only a life, a, a day of regret for Ned instead of a realization that he was happy the way he was. Yeah. You have your big wacky, wacky adventure. And of course, because his life makes him feel so youthful, he keeps feeling worse and worse. And Homer, of course, is getting drunker and beaten up and blah, blah, blah. Whatever shenanigans. The shenanigans don't matter. You ride in the mafia. You ride in the clowns juggling. You ride in the car chases and whatever. Diamonds in your butt. Rick and Morty style. Look, I think that not every story needs a moral. And I think trying to cram a moral realization into it it can make it really, you know, seventh heaven. Like, Ooh, well, <laughs> not that bad. But, well, it is. It's churchy, you know. Like, at the end of it, Flanders is like, you know what? I'm going back to living clean with God. Yeah. Like, it and might then just... Homer's like, well, that's fine for you. And he leaps out the window and into a fucking. <laughs> into a helicopter. And the helicopter takes <laughs> off to adventure. Look, I, I kind of like the part that Ned actually really did enjoy his night until he realized he'd gone too far and married a couple of there are people. consequences. Yeah, there are still consequences to their actions, which I liked. It's that you can have these wild nights. However, when you go that hard, you've got to have consequences. Mm-hmm. And yes, it dropped off, but that's why it's a two-parter. You know, like his consequences well, are coming yeah, back the to writer, him. The writers revisited the Vegas Wives thing in Brawl in the Family because that is like, time. yeah, yeah, the three seasons. So yeah, this was a loose end. 
How about you, BT? What would you like to change? Um, I mean, I like a lot of Danny's elements. I think he needs someone on his leash, as per usual. I would be kind of tempted to... I don't, it's one of the things... I have the opposite problem of Jordan, where I don't know what I want to remove, but I know what I want to add. And just a little bit more of that, you know, crazy bender night they had. Even in a montage, like, do the classic neon signs drifting past them in the dark, where you just get little flashes of what they did, or... You like know, the slurpy like thing. Yeah, like the slurpy thing. Just because that's always fun. You can cram some rapid-fire jokes in there. I just feel like... I think I would kind of enjoy a... Maybe not strictly speaking a moral, but gets more of a point to it because mm. we kind of end on and reset and goodbye which is fine it's just it feels insubstantial then and ned ned's learned to ignore homer's advice he's not come to terms with the idea of his clean living so he's still got that issue i would feel like it's just he picked the wrong mentor he didn't you know pick the wrong idea yeah but uh, you know, there's still plenty there i'm not too fast on this one even though i don't think it was an amazing episode i don't have a lot of complaints so yeah what about you elliot what would you change yeah, it's most of my problems exist in that first act, and it's sort of I appreciate how quickly they do get into the whole Ned element of the story because mm. just everything between the casino blowing up and that happening was so disposable to me. And I really wish they did spend more time in Vegas, and I agree with you. I mm. want to see more of that. And weirdly, I honestly wanted to see Homer and Ned do the hangover. Like, And mm. that's such yeah. a bad cop-out answer, because even the hangover have overplayed that card. <laughs> but, mm. And guest stars of the episode, the Moody Blues were playing themselves. <laughs> good to weird. know they can take the joke. Oh, good. Yeah. Now's not the time I for poetry. Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> I want fatty. Yeah, good work, Moody Blues. Mm. Danny, any other notes? I didn't like that there was a key in the car. I didn't think there should have been a key in the car. Oh, but that it was such a quick, so long suck, and then they're just getting pummeled. Yeah. yeah. Good misdirect. Yeah. I guess that keeps the suspension of disbelief for another second. Much better than them jumping in, realizing there's no key, and then getting pummeled. Yeah, that it worked was surprising, but then it was undercut so quickly, I yeah. think, works. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, look, I am currently tapped out. How about you, Claire? Any other notes? One that I haven't mentioned yet is after the Lance Murdoch daredevil scene where Homer just gets up and walks away and takes mm -hmm. his beer that's been slightly spilled off. And Flanders is talking through all these new emotions that he's feeling. Like, yep. I wanted you to be okay, but part of me wants to see you get smushed. It's like, yeah. ooh, somebody had their first taste of bloodlust. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, nervous. so delighted. Yeah. I also really liked the um, little part with Mo, you know, where they're all trying to work out how I, uh, Flanders is so good looking for 60 mm -hmm. mm. and he just jumps to the conclusion it's holy water isn't it it's holy water and he's ah, like splashing burns. his face with it yeah uh. like perfect little mo moment very much in character for him mm -hmm. mo moment mo moment mo moment and how about you jordan any other notes two quotes that i liked homer's basically making fun of himself for when he's like Oh, so old flawless Flanders needs help from Stinky Pants Simpson. <laughs> and then after well, that, he goes, welly, welly. I do use that quote. Wellity, wellity, wellity. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> no, like how it falls. Um, First is well, 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 then welly, welly, then wellity, wellity, wellity. <laughs> and then the other one was. Uh, it's a good training in rhythms. Well, well, welly, 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 wellity, wellity, wellity. Yeah. And then the other one being, so Mr. Clean wants to hang with Dirty Dingus McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good dirty dingus McGee. bit of light, but bit I didn't like with the the really obvious like oh you mean that part with all the red paint yeah yeah paint, paint. dragged like, out way too long yeah. yeah yeah that bit where Homer is like going okay 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 yeah I don't know why but that reminded me of like Family Guy humor I know there that, were so many okays but they, it was yeah. a fine balance wasn't it 
Or maybe that's what Family Guy was like, hey, this joke, we're going to do this joke quite a lot in our show. <laughs> I don't know, because I, th- I really think Dan Castellaneta was killing it with the line yeah. deliveries in this episode. Yeah, as he's just yeah. rapidly oh, yeah, trying good. to reach for an answer. Like, okay. okay, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really catches that sort of grasping at straws feeling, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Assessing the damage, how do I get <laughs> out of yeah. this? Well, that's the thing. When you compare to what Flanders was doing, which was trying to off himself at the time, like obviously Homer's trying to take the lead of this. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, I'm the one who has to sort this out. Okay, okay, what happened? What do I do? Mm, yeah. BT, any other notes? Uh, of course. Uh, sign outside the front of the church is he knows what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I do like the love of joys. Like for the last time, tithing is 10% off the top. That's gross income, people. What's, uh, yeah. what's tithing? Uh, tithing is the church says you're meant to give 10% of your income into charity and specifically to the church. Oh, right, right. Uh, it's weird that the Bible actually has a specific percentage when it's a lot of its other things are quite vague. Well, it also has specific cubits of measurement. Yep. I do like Homie gets up there and goes, well, now I'm no big city lawyer. <laughs> and the whole audience says, <gasps> Like shocked. Pulls the you suspenders out of I nowhere. I never knew, yeah. Turns into um, Hyper chicken. <laughs> or just, yeah, big southern lawyer putting a H before any word with a W in it. Yeah. I do really love the joke of they pull two guys in the utility room, there's sounds of a fight, the two guys yes. walk out just, just rubbing their knuckles and Ah, good bit. That yeah, that, yeah, Homer and Ned totally lost that fight. And just the background murmur of how does that fat guy run so fast? <laughs> and it's time for my final note. And now it's time, well now it's time for his final um, note. Elliot's final note. Sounds weird doing it in the singular, but yeah, I only have one. And I don't know whether this is the point of the joke or not. When Ned's like, oh, if I want thrills and comedy or whatever, he goes, I'll take Bob Saget. And it's like, he's like one of the dirtiest comedians, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the- his stand-up, I guess, but everyone knows him as, like, mm. fucking Full was House and shit, right? Was stand-up always filthy? Oh, yeah. Or was it only post-Full so. House? Well, even then, 98 is very much post-Full House. Yeah. Whatever. It's time to rank this thing. And BT, why not? You. Uh, I'm on, like, a high bronze, low silver... Because, I mean, I like some of the jokes, but I, I'm actually quite surprised how not as much fun as I thought this one was going to be I was having when I was watching it. And I'm going to go with my instincts, and that says bronze, but I choose to call up Jordan at 3 a.m. and just tell him he's a good guy. Well, and also change my ranking. Okay. Well, I mean, we're staying at the, the house tonight, you know, we can just... I will call him <laughs> at 3 a.m. From the other room. From the other room. Just... How about you, Jordan? My initial gut reaction was bronze too. I, I don't dislike it. It's just a, it holds not as much value as it does anymore. Now that I've watched it this year and at this time, and I, I don't enjoy this it. This part as- of the country, and we're localized <laughs> entirely within your kitchen. Within the living room, yep. exactly. And yeah, it's tarnished now. It's not as funny as I remember it being. So mm. yeah, it's a bronze. Claire. Well, I'm going to make that bronze maybe a little shinier and mm. go with silver because. I can see what you guys are saying. I'm not offended or upset by your ranking. It makes sense to me. But I still really enjoyed it and I would watch it again. And I think it also carries an interesting plot point. Maybe Mm. not a cubic level importance plot point. But the fact that Ned is 60 sort of affects how you see his character for the rest of The Simpsons. and they keep that as canon. Exactly. And they keep kind of referencing it back that he is just super ripped. But like you always have in the back of the mind that he is actually a senior citizen. So... I don't know. I, I think it's a worthwhile episode. And I am going to give it a silver as well. 
I honestly was walking in here on a bronze, but I gotta say, reviewing it, I'm like, yeah, there were a good handful of jokes that I liked, and it's not like it was a bad experience. It was just mm. a bit dull, but I- I'm just I'm sort of bumping it up because yeah, there are a few killer jokes and memorable moments and stuff. Danny, look, this episode was a party, a party serpent. A party serpent. I'm going to be a participant. Wow. Um, yes. Is more of a nothing episode than I was expecting it to be. It really washes over me. There's very little standouts that I was... I often have fun ranting about the bad episodes as much as mm-hmm. I like the good episodes. And this one... Eh, you know, I don't feel that there was a completed arc. They went out for wacky hijinks adventures and they basically skimmed over the wacky hijinks adventures. Mm. That's the whole episode. It's like a hangover without... The party. Okay. So a participant for me. That will equal a shiny bronze. This will be the second episode that will be a, a shiny bronze that has a participant in it. Also, if the Bart wants what it wants, which I remember this panel did as well. And I was the participant on that one. That's when Bart starts dating Rania Wolfcastle's daughter. All right. But oh, yeah. also another shiny bronze, which had an odd ranking, was a silver, silver, silver failure. I remember this Silver, one. silver, silver. Failure? Yeah. yeah. You should remember this one. Was that me? Yep. Mm. <laughs> Where we had an episode with friend of the podcast, Michael Swaim, and um, we did the Stephen Hawking episode, and you hate it. And we were like, yeah, it's fine. And oh, you were yeah. like, no, I hate it. We're like, come on, it's fine. Well, you're not supposed to influence my votes. <laughs> we didn't. Because that was a garbage episode. That fire was a garbage fire of an episode. <laughs> but oh, it made for amazing uh, um, content. Oh, man, it was so scary having an opinion in front of Big Michael Swain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so- Big Michael Swain, just Big Mike to his friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about does it for this segment. Stick around when we'll be reviewing. I forgot what the episode's called. but Brawl we- in the Family. That's what you said before. Uh, no, I'm that's s- what we're doing next, but not what's next on the episode. Wait, wait to cut in with the wrong answer. <laughs> oh, God. Where we'll be reviewing some episode, I forgot what it's called, with Pods in the Key of Springfield. But I this panel will be returning next week when we review the second part of the Vegas storyline. Vegas, sto- Vegas Wives, Vegas storyline. Vegas Wives, storyline. Story when wives. we review Brawl in the Family. Emily. Emily. Take two. And we are back, and we've changed the lineup again. Joining me now, all the way from Adelaide in South Australia, other guys from Pods. In the key of Springfield. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're a little rusty on the old uh, the thing that we do on the podcast that we do. <laughs> we're a little rusty on talking. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you at home know who's who, that's James. Yeah, that's me. I was drinking a can of drink when you said my name. Oh. <laughs> Trying to avoid the microphone for people who have misophonia. <laughs> and that's Nick. Captain Nick, thank you very much. Oh, proper title, of course. Thank you. How- thank thank <laughs> you. <laughs> very good. It does like to get its guest appearances in early. <laughs> and yeah joining us to do the two-part herb pal episode so we just watched season two episode 15 oh brother where art thou oh bro where are you at though <laughs> love that song first released in february of 1991 directed by wes archer written by jeff martin in this episode yeah this is the one where homer discovers he's got a half brother herb pal who owns a car thingy guys what do you think isn't it kind of weird and wild 
that in season two they're already doing the you have a mysterious half brother you that you've never met before plot yeah <laughs> like they made it like 20 episodes in before they're like ah oh, mysterious half brother that's a thing that we can do that's uh we're at that point the first and furious movies made it like nine movies in before they went down that well Keep in mind, though, that this is also the series that, in the second episode, threatened to have the main character die by suicide. So <laughs> it was moving pretty quickly through all the tried and tested tropes of uh, last-minute ratings ditch efforts. And then in season 15, Homer would discover he has a half-sister as well, so... And then you get Cousin Oliver. Wait, is, <laughs> is a half-sister a thing? No. Oh, what's that episode? The Regina monologues. Ah. Oh. Well, it's never explicitly stated, but it's heavily implied that, yeah. What about that woman we, we see driving along in that one episode where Bar gets the bigger brother? What Jekyll and I are saying is, when The Simpsons Index turns into a live stage show of The Simpsons, <laughs> we would both like to be that part. <laughs> and now both playing the role of one person? Yeah, well, yeah. I'll be the understudy. <laughs> yeah. And by that he means he'll be the lower half of the coach because we're going to be one of those, like, I'll be standing on Jekyll's shoulders in a really <laughs> long coat. Yeah, to be like the character will be a Goliath in our <laughs> Yeah, because she's in numbers, height numbers, you know, the classic way of measuring people in numbers. Yes. Too big to ignore. <laughs> this, gigantic, this gigantic woman will kill us all. She's in a car, though. It's, it'll be kind of lost, the tallness. Like, Well, everybody needs to drive a car, even the very tall. <laughs> exactly. She gets out of the car and says, This is the largest automobile I can afford. <laughs> She's turning into a ghost. <laughs> oh no, except that with the, the last bit of my laugh then sounded more like, more Mickey, like Ricky. Mickey from the Disney Corporation. I was thinking more like Ricky Gervais you were going into there. Oh, oh he's the largest car I could afford. Does that offend you? Oh, oh no, I don't want to sound like him. Yeah, all right, we've all heard yeah. your little speeches. So I guess it was more like a Mickey Gervais. Oh, Oh. Ah. Oh, 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 boy. We've all heard your little speeches. Oh, oh boy. There is no God. This award ceremony is not a place for your grandstanding, yeah? <laughs> Are you glad you got us on last, Elliot? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing fresh new life into this very long podcast. but So that's where we can end the bonus scenes, and now we can go back to doing the normal part of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll start with you then, Nick. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you from this episode? So as you know, Elliot, um, and as the listeners probably don't know unless they listen to Pods in the Key of Springfield, don't forget to like, like and subscribe. subscribe. I'm not really a movie guy. Movies don't grab me the way they grab most other people. And so when Abe and Jasper at the start were very annoyed about spending $2.50 on a movie, <laughs> I was there going, yeah, same. I'd still probably be annoyed at most movies for $2.50, even though that's very cheap by modern standards. Have you ever gone and complained about a movie? No, because I think movies a little bit like fresh fruit. You take a gamble on it. Like, I'd mm. never go back and say, this peach isn't up to scratch. Mm. I mean, I've only ever liked, like, two movies. I haven't gone back and asked for refunds on the others. Yeah, art in general. Like, we have to allow for art to not be perfect. Mm. 
we can't get angry if a thing is bad and demand our money back. I no, think. we just start a podcast like, about it. A movie ticket is not that expensive. It's fine. Exactly. Start a podcast about it. <laughs> and weirdly, this kind of issue came up. Strap yourselves in, boys, because I'm about to take this to 100. This issue came up in a politician in Western Australia introduced a bill into the Western Australian Parliament to legalise sex work, which is good because it should be at least decriminalised and probably legalised. The reason I say probably is the bill that he brought in, so the, the draft law that he brought in, had all these sections about like what customers could do if they were dissatisfied and whether they could seek refunds and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh, maybe you've missed the point here. Mm. Like, you know, you can't get to the end of a sex act and turn around and say, oh, nah, can I have my money back? And in the same way that I wouldn't get to the end of a movie in which, you know, Hollywood's committing a sex act upon me and say, no, I don't really want this. Mm. (laughs) Isn't that analogous? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In this podcast about The Simpsons. (laughs) The Simpsons. (laughs) I mean, look, best case scenario, we get a nice little episode of The Simpsons Index. Better case scenario is that you get some free press because I get us cancelled on... I don't know, what's a, a, a Twitter? I get it's cancelled on Twitter for the things that I <laughs> want. Trying to remember what a social network is. <laughs> trying to remember what a website uh, is. Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. How about you, James? What stands out to you from this episode? I mean, look, the reason you wanted us for this one is because of the, the fact that I tend to stand Danny DeVito. I love Danny DeVito. The DeVitts, he's my guy. I love him. And the moment Danny DeVito walks into this episode, it is like a, the steady hand of your father taking your hand to cross you across the road. It is, it's beautiful. I love him in this episode. It is such a performance. It is so wonderful right away. It is so warm. Look, I got a lot of things to say about this episode that we'll get into over time, presumably, unless I forget to say any of the things I wanted to. Oh. Well, I mean, this is the section where we do them. Like, what is part of Danny DeVito's performance that uh, really stood out to you? Look, I think there's Walter Wall. He's very warm and energetic and exciting and fun in this movie. But I was also, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the episode that we did about this, the episode of our podcast that we did about this episode of The Simpsons. And I was thinking about Leo, what has changed in the world since we did that. And two things came to mind. Uh, that were at the forefront of my mind, especially in the second half of this episode. First of all, the movie Parasite came out and won Best Picture at the Oscars. And this episode of The Simpsons is, in some ways, kind of like a version of Parasite, but for children in the 90s, I think. Interesting. Uh, not not quite as cutting. Uh, fewer Koreans as well in it, but by and large, you know, there's some connection there. Did they have a Korean animation studio at this point? The oh yeah, yeah true, there true. you go yeah there's a connection the other thing that i really thought of was elon musk and his disastrous demoing of that Cybertruck thing mm. that happened a little while ago where he unveiled that awful truck and then said the windows were indestructible and they immediately <laughs> smashed when they oh. did a demo i got yeah, this world-class good. baseball player to show that they will not break and they promptly did like three times it was wonderful <laughs> And I was just thinking, what would have happened if at that point Elon Musk had fallen to his knees <laughs> and loudly declared, I'm ruined! That would have been such a good play. I would have loved that. Oh, that'd be so good. Because like, that's sort of the one problem that I have with this episode is this final bit, because 
I don't think it's Homer's fault, right? Yeah, that's part of the fun of it. Um, I mean, it is a little silly that Herm never once saw this car design and they apparently mass-manufactured it from the prototype before anyone had seen it, which is not really how car manufacturing works, is my understanding. Like, prototype models will typically be unveiled at shows like this and then based on feedback and response, maybe then they'll go into active production. I don't think... I guess the only... Because I, I thought of that previously, and I yep. guess the only thing... The story does have one internal bit of consistency that helps back that point up, where he says to the other designers, some of whom are wearing hard hats, by the way, which seems <laughs> wild as far as I'm concerned, but he says to the other designers, put everything else on hold. Mm. And we don't know how long the design process took, but if it's been months, then every other project has ground to a halt and they have no new cars. Oh, yeah. And so I think maybe there's a bit of internal logic there. Not heaps, but a bit. But this episode is basically about the lie of the relationship between the upper class and the middle class. (laughs) It's sort of about this car company that promises that it is making cars for the everyday person and then... You know, trying to live up to this promise in a very silly way and everything sort of falling apart and, you know, the market completely rejecting what they're trying to do. Mm. It is about Homer sort of trying to move from the middle class to the upper class and finding himself completely unsuited for it. And it's interesting. It's sort of, uh, it's about the empty promises of corporate America in some ways. Wow. And I like it. It's a good episode. I think that just about sums up the first question there, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) And by the end of the episode, you know, like, uh, Herb and his company are gone. And Mm. it's sort of like the sad, beaten down middle class that is sort of struggling all the time is the only only thing that has survived. Homer and Marge and the family get to go back and, you know, keep living their lives while Herb is just immediately in the gutter. It's this sort of, uh, yeah, I remember reading this tweet not that long ago about how like the distinction between like being very rich and sort of being very poor when you are middle class is like all you need is like one bad month to suddenly be in the gutter whereas you know you're never going to have one month that is so good you're suddenly really rich Mm. and Mm. i don't know i was thinking about that a lot during this episode this is this is an interesting one i like it i like the simpsons (laughs) the tv show we've been watching for the podcast okay interesting ideas from a crazy man (laughs) (laughs) Well, the senator from Vermont, please shut and sit down. <laughs> Play count. How many times have you guys seen this episode, do you think? Oh, I've probably seen it at least seven. No, probably uh, easily in the 30s, 40s. Yeah, this is my first time seeing this TV show. What is it exactly? <laughs> uh, much like Lisa and Bart annoyingly explaining it to you and Scratchy. Yeah, so The Simpsons, it's about this family and there's a Homer and he's okay. very dark. Yeah. So it's like an animated sitcom about, like, the daily lives of this dysfunctional family. Okay, well, I've seen this one probably, like, 43 times. <laughs> yeah. Give or take. Yeah, I've seen it a bunch. I mean, Simpson syndication, this one was drilled into my brain. But I was wondering, you know, have you guys actually watched this since you did it for your podcast, or...? No, I, I mean, I found, and I know that you take a different approach to this, E-Train, but I found that doing episodes of Pods in the Key of Springfield is the, um, it's the TV equivalent of salting the earth. Like, <laughs> I watch these episodes, I review them for an hour, and then I never go back and look at them ever again. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. In some ways, it does feel like the final word in the, the episode. Fu- it's almost like a purging. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my notes this time are a bit different from what they would have been like last time. 
we watched this episode, the moment Marge started speaking and she's a lot younger, my, I had a note on my page that said, Julie Kavner is 70 now. Yeah. Because mm. she's turning 70 this year. She's the oldest uh, member of the primary cast, I think, apart from Harry Shearer. And I started thinking about mortality and went down that whole path in my mind. But everything's fine, I'm sure. She's probably okay. <laughs> what a wonderful sunny guest you've been, James. Class warfare and <laughs> mortality. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to hear what you got when i ask was this a particularly wacky episode of the simpsons well, the thing of the thing about the darfur region <laughs> fucking wacky episode some parts of it are pretty wacky i think the reveal of the car at the end is maybe the wackiest part the mm. just the insanity of the car design fuck that thing was fun to drive in the simpsons hit and run game oh Ooh. yeah the simpsons hit and run game yeah, when you head and run someone and take their Simpsons DVDs. Uh, oh, very good. Uh, is that the one, there was a sound effect that I would repeat for ages, which is if you like went over a big bump and Homer would go, How my ass! And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Except in my impression, it was less of the Homer voice and more of like Larry David almost. <laughs> Don't quite know where I was going with that. Um, something that I found, oh, this isn't really for the wacky question, but can I just mention a note before I forget it? Yeah. Sure. Um, so I don't know why. <laughs> it's not up to me. I'm not hosting this podcast. <laughs> I, I guess something I should probably clarify for E-Train now is that because Jacqueline and I are sitting in our normal pod setup, yeah. it kind of just does feel like we're doing an episode of this, even though I've got you in my ears. But also, we're both wearing earbud headphones with you in one ear, so it feels a little bit like we're doing a live TV cross. <laughs> and at one point, one of us will put our hands up to our ear and be like... Just a moment now. I'm getting some news in. Oh, I'm being asked what's wacky about this episode. <laughs> um, there's the bit in when we learn about the stepbrother that Abe says that he was at the local fun fair checking out the skirts. Now, something that we've gone into a lot in Pods in the Key of Springfield... Don't forget to like and subscribe. Yes, thank yes. you. Is that you could read a queer coding of Bart into lots of stuff in The Simpsons. There's yep. lots of nice little Easter eggs along the way of some queer coding. And what I wonder is, is this perhaps the first time that Abe gets queer coded? Because he's not checking out the women in the skirts. He's down there looking, oh, A-line. That's Oh, Empire line. Empire line yeah. in a nice green tartan. That's divine, sweetie. He, he does get thoroughly queer coded later on. Oh, of course. He's got the cross-dressing in World War Two. Yeah. And yeah. later on in season 23, I don't know how late you want to consider later seasons canon, but yeah, it turns out he was a professional wrestler doing like a gorgeous George sort of character. Yeah, right. And he revives Well, it. there we yeah. go. I think I think this might be checking out the skirts, if you take my interpretation, might be the first queer coding of Abe. It is strange, the bit with the, uh, you know, the circus worker who he ends up having sex with when he says, she did things your mother never would, like have sex for money. Mm. <laughs> Where was the implication of payment in their initial interaction? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was there. I, I don't know. Yeah. Also, mm. Mona, what's with your prejudice? You get sex and you get money. Great. <laughs> uh, I was gesturing very, very big for that point. Like I actually stood up out of the chair gesturing <laughs> and got nothing from James. And I'm like, well, where do I go now? He sat down and gave me a look of contrition. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Well, this does sort of set up a thing of like Mona lying to protect Homer and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, mm. it's interesting that, yeah, this sort of character model and I don't know, something. Thing kind of about her character was carried on in the season seven episode 
Yeah, The Simpsons is good. Yeah, was. Um, something I found wacky is that in the boardroom where they're talking about the car name and Persephone and all that stuff, there are, I think, eight people around the table and only four glasses on the table, and the glasses <laughs> seem to be full of a murky, piss-coloured liquid. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's meant to be a stand-in for straight scotch, like, you know, a bunch of, like, madmen ad exec-style straight scotch, or if it's just meant to be some murky piss glasses. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was meant to be piss. Yeah, oh, okay. because we're out of, like, the cocaine and whiskey of the 80s and, yeah, into the murky piss-drinking and 90s. <laughs> we got one guy in that scene with a really weird squiggly mouth. Yep. He looked like he just drunk piss. <laughs> oh yeah, the reaction guy. Yeah. Yeah, reaction guy's definitely a piss drinker. <laughs> That's what he's into. That's what he does. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. it's fine. <laughs> uh, in this scene as well, I thought this was another weird inconsistency with this episode where this is where Herb is like admitting that he's a lonely person and he doesn't have any roots. When just a scene ago, he found out that he does. Mm. Yeah, that is odd timing, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe this is just his bit. Maybe this is his shtick. Maybe he always does this every meeting. Good motivator. And because the, they could so easily explain that by saying, like, I have no roots yet, or I have no roots, but I'm going to find them. Yeah. But he just says, no, I'm an island. Gets up, walks out. Maybe he doesn't realize how immediately he's going to take to being an uncle. Maybe he's a little wary at this point still. I don't know. He's yeah. such a good uncle. He's got real uncle energy. Oh, he's got big uncle energy, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, mad uncle energy. But he's got like that ideal like uncle that everyone, you know, the uncle that you dream of. He, he's the uncle type. <laughs> he's like if Danny DeVito was your uncle. Oh, imagine. That'd be so sick. Love to go for a pony ride on his boat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say back then. I was like, Elliot, please. <laughs> Jump on it. Yeah, my six foot one on his poor, like, what is he, 4'11 or something? I think he's 147 centimetres. Oh, fuck, that's right. I'm using the wrong system again. Sorry, I looked it up yesterday. I think that's what it was. I <laughs> I know it was a very specific number that I gave. Four foot nine is what that is. So you weren't too far off, Elliot. Oh, there we go. But yeah, so the, the wackiness with this episode, like, it was relatively subdued, but you do have these moments with Herb spoiling the children yeah on the boat ride and the hot air balloon i feel like he's unfairly favoring bart at the start but does come around and start including lisa on some of the activities but it's a pretty fun little boy though <laughs> i like the bit where grandpa rings up and says to homer please don't do anything stupid that is the most Chekhov's gun moment <laughs> imagine all them the second he says you're like well he's gonna fuck everything up he's gonna do something stupid he's gonna do something stupid kvbl is gonna give him something stupid to do yes <laughs> but how about the heart of this episode was this a particularly emotional episode oh uh, it's nice when um herb and homer meet for the first time mm. it is yeah and they realize their similarities mm. and they hug and you have a big old hug who doesn't like hugging well, you didn't like hugging for a very long time, James. No, it's fine. I used to hug you a lot, and you always would get, like, tense and weird <laughs> and call the police. You're not coming up well in this anecdote, Nick. Oh, oh no. <laughs> and now you hug during the entire podcast recordings. It's kind of sweet. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually <laughs> really awkward. We prefer to call it spooning. <laughs> uh, podcasting just like Joan and Yoko. How cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> Very good. Hey, Elliot, does it count as heart when... Because normally in the context of your questionnaire, heart is the, the touching moments, the nice moments, the lovely moments. Does it also count when it's heart-wrenching? Like when, you know, they fall out at the end and Herb says he has no brother? Mm. Oh, yeah, that, like... They're different kind of bumps. They're more, I don't know, gut-dropping bumps. I don't know. Yeah, and what about when we have to, like, face the harsh realities of corporate America and the class <laughs> divide that all of us live with each day? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about that? <laughs> yeah, what about that? Uh, there was another bit of heart when um, I was rem- reminded when the guy writes down the note, very large beverage holder... That was going to be the first pod in the Kia Springfield piece of merchandise. And then I remembered that I had never made that shirt and then got sad about it. Wait, you wanted a shirt that had the note? No, I, I was going to do a shirt that just said very large beverage holder. <laughs> and it was going to be both a reference to The Simpsons and a commentary on me. Because <laughs> I am a very large person and I hold beverages. So, Oh, I thought that was just a label for your tummy. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't do the tummy trick, but maybe I should. Maybe I should work I up to it. Don't do the tummy trick? I don't do the tummy trick, James. <laughs> All right, no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I would say that it did. It feels like it feels very season two, mostly in ways that are good, I think. Uh, the fact that it doesn't make a lot of sense in places also feels in keeping with this era. I would say, of the show. Yeah. I think that it did. (laughs) Um, Yes, I also think it felt like an episode of The Simpsons. I mean, come on, it's early classic Simpsons stuff. The other interesting thing is when you start the episode up, actually, it shows this splash screen that says The Simpsons, and then it will, like, go through, like, all the little characters running through the town, and then there's, like, a gag where they all get in the couch, but it's, like, funny. So it feels like The Simpsons to me. (laughs) <laughs> also at the end they show the credits and they're all like actors and producers and people who work on the simpsons including some of those korean animators probably not actually no <laughs> yeah you're right probably not i don't think they actually named them i just really wanted to make a callback <laughs> elliot do you think this feels like an episode of the simpsons well glad you asked no like this is sort of the classic thing we run into you know when we ask this question is that the character integrity it's not fully set yet they're still laying the foundation the concrete's still drying but it's mostly there i really like how bart and lisa are so much more kid-like in this episode Mm. yeah there's a lot of kid energy coming off them I really like that one bit where they are pantomiming things to each other and then yeah. they just have a little moment where they laugh, like they were arguing, but then because they're doing a funny little bit together, they laugh. That's very nice. That's real heart. Should have mentioned the heart moment. Didn't mention it now. And it's it's a little bit like that stupid old phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Because, mm. you know, Bart and Lisa were facing off against each other, but then they both team up against Homer and then they become the ones that are, you know, having the better time. It's a very nice little moment. That can also, you can also file that under heart. Yes. What? Yes. And really, you know, children against their parents is the original class warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, shit. But yeah, that they fluctuate between fighting with each other and, you know, being pals and stuff. It's... Yeah, it's sort of stuff we don't see, you know. They're usually, like, got the brains of teenagers in more recent seasons. So, yeah, it's nice seeing them in this mode. The only thing I'll call you up on there, earlier is you said that sometimes they're pals. That's the other side of the family. These are the Simpsons, not the pals. <laughs> <laughs> Swish. 
Yes or no, would you watch this episode again? I um, know we just said we've retired it forever, <laughs> but sure, I'd watch it again. I like it. <laughs> I think practically retiring it forever, which is what I do after I review them, is very different to saying I will never watch this again. I realise that the outcome of them is the same, but saying I would never watch it again feels like a commentary on the episode, whereas retiring the episode is definitely a commentary on me. So yes, I would watch this again. <laughs> That's the longest answer I've ever gotten for that question. <laughs> but yeah, I'd watch this again and episodes we want to watch again. We think about what playlist we'd put this in. What are some other Simpsons that uh, remind you of this one? I'd put it in the, the playlist that has Rancho Relaxo in it only because I think Herb Powell's house looks a lot like what I remember Rancho Relaxo looking like. Being designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, yeah, possibly. Are they both designed by the, by him? Just At least when, you can philosophize, but it's adapted spinning lights. Um, it's just when you when when you first pull out and do the big pullback and reveal on Herb's house, I went fuck. Is that Rancho Relaxo? And so I'd put it in a playlist with Rancho Relaxo so I could check. All right, the mansion playlist. Yeah, this definitely goes in a playlist with other episodes, uh, scenes from the class struggle in Springfield, where Marge keeps having to remake her dress. Oh, yeah. Any sort of, like, rich versus poor episode. The class warfare playlist. That, Fuck yeah. That yeah. comes with the uh, TEDx talk by James O'Connor about class warfare studies in Simpsons. Sure, why not? <laughs> if they want to commission it, I'll fucking do it. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> and a Herb Powell playlist, which now there are three episodes. Nick, did you get that video I sent you? I did, but I didn't watch it. Hang on. Is this a, is this a, a sneak peek that I'm getting? Uh, yeah, so... A sneaky peek, did you say? Do you want me to play this now for Jaikal's amusement? Or is yeah, this so just... this is her pal's reappearance in uh, HD era. Okay. The great How about my brother, bitch? Here we go. Hi, you reached her pal. I'm poor again. So See, the yeah. thing is, huh. the thing is, in huh. the end, capitalism gets us all. Huh. I preferred the phone message that was, believe it or not, Herb isn't at home. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll start with you, James. What would you like to change about this episode? What would I like to change? Ooh. Do I dare suggest that I'm better at The Simpsons than the people who made The Simpsons? Uh, let's see. That's the conceit of The Simpsons Index. <laughs> Look, the ending, the ending is silly. Mm. It is a bit silly that he hasn't seen the car until they're on stage, but I'm not sure what the way around it is. I guess I haven't thought in that much depth about what you would actually do to avoid that. I guess what Nick was saying before about how they basically put all other projects on hold... Maybe there should have been a bit more to the collapse of the company rather than just because this car was bad. Mm. Or, uh, you know, there should have been some reason given for why Herb hadn't seen the model, maybe very purposely. You know, if there was a scene of him saying, I trust you so implicitly that, you know, I'm going to very purposely avoid looking at it. I mean, they kind of do that, I guess, with that phone call he gets from the engineers and everything, but... Fuck, that is such a funny joke. Say everything opposite back. That is so good. (laughs) Oh, that's very good. His personal hygiene is above reproach. (laughs) As I was saying earlier in this discussion, I'm not owed a perfect piece of work. A thing doesn't need to be exceptional for me to still love it, so I'm just going to say I'm not going to change anything in this one. How about you, Nick? 
I just think it's amazing that James and I had the same conversation about not being owed a perfect piece of work as we bought and ate burritos on the way home to uh, to do this recording. Because we I was literally telling an anecdote about last time I was at this particular burrito shop, there was this guy behind me that did something that was very jerkish. He asked for a certain sauce. They did one line, you know, right to left. And the guy just went, yeah. And as they went left to right with a second line, a return line, he threw his hands up and went, oh, man, oh, you ruined it. And I was just like, who gets that worked up about the source quantity? Anyway, uh, what was the question? <laughs> oh, <laughs> How many lines of sauce do you usually like to have on your burrito? Uh, my question is about the budget, sir. <laughs> I would like two lines of sauce at least on my burrito. Would I change anything about the episode? I found it weird that from the time Homer goes looking for his brother, Homer's wearing a tie, which I don't think he normally does when he's in around the house mode. Mm. Oh, yeah. um, and I think the only reason he's wearing a tie is so that it exaggerates how beaten down he looks when the search isn't working. Yeah, because they show his untucked shirt as well. Yeah, untucked yeah. shirt, tie. That distracted me and I don't want him wearing a tie. Yeah, it's interesting that someone without a tie could probably look a bit more fancier than someone with a slightly more pulled out tie. Like Yogi Bear. It, it's weird. <laughs> a tie, a tie poorly done is so much more dishevelled than no tie at all. It's actually the same... I'm not wearing a tie at all. Wow. <laughs> the, the same rule can also be said for apostrophes. It's better to leave out an apostrophe and possibly be wrong than to put one in and definitely be wrong. I would agree with that. But in this metaphor, the apostrophe is a poorly tied necktie. (laughs) Apostrophes and Was that analogous? (laughs) (laughs) Apostrophes and neckties is probably going to be the name of my acoustic album. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. And what would I change? Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Elliot, uh, nobody asked Elliot. Elliot, what would you change about the episode? Oh, thank you for the asking. The Simpsons. I think I'd want to echo James's point is, yeah, I don't think I'm smart enough, to, good enough to rewrite this in any meaningful way. Did- I don't know that I said that you're not smart or good enough. <laughs> <laughs> James, what would you change about this episode? Well, Elliot's a real dead shit. And... Um- <laughs> No, like there's a common thing with Marge going, I'm worried we're spoiling the children. And I don't know, it just feels kind of like a dropped plot point, like that Bart and Lisa are meant to start being spoiled little shits at some point. I don't know. Especially because, like, they're literally going swimming and Marge is like, oh, fuck, swimming. Like, calm down. Yeah. And then as Nick turned to me at one point and said, why are they dressed as Victorian dandies now? Oh, yeah. When they, were, when they started playing croquet, they were both dressed as, like, Victorian-era dandy little kids. Which I think, actually, that backs up exactly what you're saying. It seems like a plot point that was building to something and then was dropped. Yeah. And so, like, as it exists now in this fashion, it just makes Marge look naggy and then for no reason in the end, Mm. which sucks because, you know, you guys have said it on your podcast before, the way they handle Marge's character a lot in these early seasons is not that great. Not that great. Yeah, they sort of, like, uh, signpost how reductive the character is in this one when she sort of gives her life story and there's nothing to it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that felt mean to Marge too. All right, well, yeah, that's it. Do you guys have any other notes? 
Mm, there are some things I want to talk about very, very quickly. I'm going to run through them. I'm going to speed round the notes that I didn't quite get to. Speed Got to go fast. Speed round. Brought to you by Sonic the Hedgehog, now in theatres. Yeah. Let's see. That was my Sonic saying, yeah. Let's see. So McBain. McBain at the start. McBain is like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this world. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dane DeVito, together again, like twins. That was my first night. And Homer and Herb look like twins. Wow. Yeah, sir. Oh, the parallels never end. There's like a nice little triple cut in that McBain thing where they show the explosion from three different angles and it made me think of that scene in Police Story Mm. where Jackie Chan goes down that light fixture in the middle of the mall and they show it three times. And I showed that to a film class once and I said, why do you think they did this? Why'd they show it three times? And one of the students was like, is it because it's really cool? I'm like, yes, it is. That's what they did. (laughs) Fucking rules. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that rules. Rip up the prescribed text and then class dismissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did Point a guitar that. solo. <laughs> Point to that one student. You're the teacher now. <laughs> did a kickflip. Uh, it's weird that McBain is like the James Bond of the Simpsons world as well, though, because we get that very obvious Bond theme at the end. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's something. Uh, nice use of the word bastard in this episode. <laughs> which is good i loved in this moment as well that i think this episode yeah taught me the meaning of the word bastard but then lisa says dickensian mm. before and i never thought to look that up but yeah <laughs> oh, that's funny <laughs> and my only the only other thing i'm gonna bother saying right here is it is very weird to tear down an orphanage and then move it right across the street <laughs> i mean the cost of rebuilding an orphanage <laughs> I mean, orphanages traditionally don't have that much money. Very strange thing to do. Mm. Mm. How about you, Nick? Any other notes? No, I've just crossed out my last note, which was glasses of piss. So (laughs) I'm fine. Glasses of piss. That's the name of your second album. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, coming to an RSL near you. This is another (laughs) Simpsons playlist. Hibbert's Long Lost Brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. So, yeah. is, that a re- is that a recurring theme? Yeah, we get the other one in the... Isn't it like Bleeding Gums is the other one? Yeah, yeah. Just like every black character is related to <laughs> Hibbert, essentially. Yeah. When Homer's making his way to see Herb, they're having the little road trip. He gets spotted and mistaken for Herb on two occasions. And then I love in this moment as well, they just have a moment of him going over a pothole and spilling a Coke. It was completely unnecessary, but I got a big laugh (laughs) out of it. Yeah. He dropped his notes. (laughs) What a jerk. And my only other note is pork shop guy. He is a pork shop guy. Yeah, that's that's something I've always found interesting in the rewatch of The Simpsons is that of all the foods for Homer to become obsessed with, for me personally and my taste, pork chop just seems wild out of nowhere. It is such a 90s thing. Yeah, I, think. I just yeah. don't think pork chops are anywhere near as good as Homer gives them credit for. Yeah. No, you get a like, nice big slob of applesauce onto him. Yeah. I feel like these days he'd be like a nacho guy, maybe. I don't know. Mmm, mm, delicious oh, pork chops. Elliot, in the HD stuff, has Homer gone wild for pulled pork? I don't know about that specifically, but there was an episode where he, he got like a meat smoker and he was he became like one of those meat smoker guys you see on Meat Smokers uh, reality TV show. Because to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if Homer turned out to be like a full epic bacon, you know, <laughs> fedora guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him get fully into pulled pork. Yeah, and a, uh, featuring a special guest appearance by what's the epic mealtime guy, Arlie Morenstein or whatever? I don't know, like Kid Rock or that's something. A, that's, a, that's a deep bench <laughs> reference. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, actually, I did have one note. Herb at one point looks down the barrel at the camera and he goes, I could have been spending this whole time watching cartoons. Uh, this old, old fool wasted his life. Uh, can't help but Big feel mode. seen in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to rank Same. this thing. Rank. James, go first. Okay, well... Look, I was tempted to go very high just because, like, DeVito fucks like a prize race horse and I just really <laughs> like the episode. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, and I think the class stuff's really interesting, but I am... I'm going to go gold, I think. I'm going to go second tier. Uh, I really like it a lot. It's not quite, like, in the absolute classic canon of, you know, episodes that I think about once a week, but it is very good. DeVito's wonderful in it. And there's a lot I really like about it, so I'm going gold. Yeah, I'm going gold as well. I almost want to say cubic because, you know, essential episodes, and I feel like this one is, you know, a part of, you know, a rare bit of Simpsons continuity that's, yeah, a whole lot of fun, magnificent performance by DeVito, but, yeah, I don't know, it just shows its age a little bit, and, I mean, still excellent. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Nick, finish it off. Can you remind me of the difference between gold and silver again, please? Uh, we say silver is good and gold is excellent. Mm, yeah, I think it's got enough that I'll stick with gold. I was tossing up for a while there, but yeah, no, gold. I was really hoping Elliot would explain like the difference on the periodic table. Between <laughs> gold and silver. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely good. Yeah. Well, gold has an atomic mass of 54. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be a unanimous gold, and it will be the sixth episode. A little bit like those. A little bit like the uh, the glasses they were drinking in the boardroom there, Elliot. <laughs> uh, no, they were urine esque gold. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. Uh, it'll be the sixth episode from season two to get a gold ranking. It'll be joining Dancing Homer, which I think was a little high. We were very drunk when we reviewed that Dancing Homer is not very good. <laughs> no, it's not. That's one that I've been debating up for a review because, yeah, we were toasted on that review. Yeah, you guys were drinking the nostalgia on that night. Yeah. And all that piss. <laughs> so, so, so much piss. Uh, also recently reviewed Bart versus Thanksgiving, but that was a gold by split decision. Itchy and scratchy and Marge, Principal Charming with Pa. T. Hey. And also reviewed with you guys <laughs> last year, The War of the Simpsons also was a unanimous gold from season two. General Sherman. No, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you Queen are. of the Harpies. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, yeah, that about does it for the Simpsons Index for this week. Guys, would you like to plug your show? Yeah, it's called Pods. In the key of Springfield. And eventually we'll... Uh, like we have two episodes we recorded months and months ago that we I just haven't edited and put out yet because I want to build up a bit of a backlog. And we've been busy. We've been real busy. There will be more episodes, but we're yeah. both just very... Can everyone just back the fuck off? No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. There'll be more episodes. There's really like three people and they're very polite about it. Yeah, they're extremely, they're extremely polite. I got a message the other day saying, look, if you never put another episode, it is okay. I would love it if you did. But like, people are very nice. <laughs> so that's our plug. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, and we'll be seeing, uh, we'll be hearing because you don't see a podcast. Uh, we'll be hearing what? more from you next week when we review the unofficial sequel to this episode. Brother, can you spare two dimes? But yeah, oh, is, this, is that how this is working? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> oh wait, so I thought this is going to be one episode with like six. Th- it doesn't matter. So, so, so we've got to come back in a week, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we can make that work. <laughs> 
but <laughs> same night for us, different weeks for the audience. Elliot, don't ruin the magic of podcasts. <laughs> oh, well, right. I thought this show was live. <laughs> no, it's a terrible strain on the wank on the wanker's wrists. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, until next week, thank you, James. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, Nick. See you guys. And I've been your host, Elliot Jaranil. That's all the mustard. Hey, Elliot, in the house. is there any? Oh, I, did, oh. I didn't get in quick enough. I wanted to say, hey, Elliot, is there any mustard in the house? No, that's all the mustard in the house. Oh, I got him. Ah, uh, Simpsons. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com/slash thesimpsonsindex or at Simpsons Index on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes! We just watched Season 10, Episode... Hey, Bella. Episode Bella. redacted by Bella. <laughs> yep. Hey, Bella. <laughs> sit on our laps and shut up. The microphones freak her out or something? No, no, no. no. She's heard the breaking and entering intruders. Breaking and entering. Premium. And intruding. Yeah. Clouds. Yeah. Good girl. <laughs> <laughs> Old dog yells at clouds. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got some trivia about you. Oh. You know what you did last summer. Or he okay. knows I know what you did last summer. Yep. Who knows what he did? Did you? God. <laughs> Who knows what I did What did I do, Claire? Huh? Huh? Apparently ran over someone or something. Uh, it was October 1997 mm. that that was released. The world was never the same again. Also... The first search result that comes up is a Sean Mendes song called I Know What You Did Last Summer. And I'm assuming it's not about violent murder. There's a lot of lyrics to that. Who knows? Yeah, right? That's Sean Mendes. I don't know who you are, but shut up. (laughs) There's a lot of the same lyric. Shut up, Sean Mendes. How many times do you say summer in that song? Not as many times as you'd think. There's a lot of I know, I know, I know. But I, I don't know, like I just suddenly got this flash that I'm in a different generation where mm. I know what you did last summer As didn't automatically come up with the movie. It came yeah. up with a weird, like obviously sad love song. Mm. Top songs with repeated I know, I know, I know. Sophie Ellis Baxter, Murder on the Damn Dance it. Floor. Yeah. Oh, I love that oh, song. No way. Or if you uh, repeat uh, the sunshine. sunshine. Yeah. Oh, fuck, you got me. And yeah, tomorrow I'm uh, driving five hours north to go see Elton John. So that's going to be fun. Oh, are you just going to hang out with him or are you going to see him perform music? Yeah. <laughs> well, both, hopefully. Where's um? Where's Five I Hours? I think it's going to be a long, long time until <laughs> you get there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> where's Five uh, Hours North of Sydney? Where are you seeing him? Uh, Coffs Harbour, home of the Big Banana. Yeah, right. I've heard they do good lozenges there. Oh, I should have said drops. That would have been funnier. Like, <laughs> like Coffs, Coffs lozenge, Coffs drops. Oh, coughs yeah, drops. yeah. Yeah, I, I got it. Oh, well, I don't know what it's like over there, Elliot, but it's a fucking cold room over here. So I just got out of the fridge, though. <laughs> All right, ready? Jump. Oh, I didn't. Fucking remix. Those clams in Congress. Uh, see, the funny part is we don't have a congress either. No. Don't but we, we have the clowns. Oh. oh. God, I've shit myself. Oh, no. All over my floor. <laughs> uh, no, I've got the, the Hershey Kisses. <laughs> I've been missing your Hershey Kisses. Oh, as uh, if, as if, if, if Nikki Webster had any fucking sense, she would rebrand as a millennial act and only do songs about arse eating, and Hersey Kishes <laughs> would be the first. 
featuring Flume. <laughs> featuring Flume. Now that can go in the bonus episode, in the bonus scenes, but only without context. <laughs> no, that'll be a whole bonus episode. <laughs> a whole bonus episode. Uh, riffs uh. in the key of arse eating. <laughs> <laughs> in assholes. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Nick, Nick, a little sidetrack here. Should oh, we? You want to do a sidetrack? Yeah. Should we get? Should we approach Subway to sponsor our podcast? Do you think they'd go for that? I don't think they would. No. Hmm, okay. Subway, eat ass, dunk. <laughs> <laughs> Subway's now sponsoring Flume. <laughs> oh, so many burps. The more I burp, the hungrier I get. Is that a normal reaction? Maybe. Maybe. You're getting all of this, Elliot. 